What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us on Spawncast every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Before we get started with anything, even introductions, uh, we do have a sponsor this week, which is really cool. It's actually our first sponsor. They are allowing us to give away a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Nintendo Switch. So if you have a Nintendo Switch and you don't have Mario Kart 8, or I guess you just want Mario Kart 8, there's a link in the description. You can join in there, and you can enter, and we will actually announce the winner uh, like 10, 15 minutes before we go off air. So we'll do the drawing here while we're talking and everything uh, in about an hour and a half or so, and then we'll announce it, and we'll get that sent off to, to whoever wins on Monday. That's uh, Ukster.com. Check them out. They sell all kinds of cool stuff on their site at good prices, and they are very kind to provide us with a giveaway for you guys free of charge. Definitely check them out. But with that, let me jump over here, and we have a couple people on tonight. Uh, Phil Philip uh, is not joining us tonight due to some issues away from the internet, but uh, let me jump over and we're going to start with Max. How are you doing tonight, man? Fantastic. Always good games to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of games this past week with uh, what, okay. what we saw. Evan and I even uh, saw it firsthand here. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. And let me jump from there over to Evan. How, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Pretty tired, but, you know, always yeah. trucking forward. You have those early morning shifts, right? Always. Yeah. Oh, now now they got you. Yeah, they got you at like 6 a.m. shifts now. Yep. <laughs> great. And uh, Jesse, how are you? How are you doing tonight, man? I am doing great. I apologize if while I'm talking, you guys and the people watching can hear some background noise. There are a lot of fireworks going off right outside. Fireworks. So, <clears throat> yeah. What, are they, what so, are they doing out there with fireworks? I guess they're going to be celebrating uh, Monday early <laughs> or something. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. It's, sure. It's, Why it's, not? It's New Zealand Father's Day, and how dare you forget? Yeah. <laughs> Great, that's awesome. So we we had a we had a bunch of stuff happen over the week, actually, like a lot of stuff, surprisingly. Um, and we had PAX. PAX West is, I guess, still technically going on right now, right? I guess it's still going yeah, on. I actually, yeah, I think yep. it's still in full swing. Yeah, yeah, because we had a ton of stuff. We had the. Um, did you guys catch? I know Evan did because he was here with me. Did you guys catch the 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 Nintendo Indies event that they showed off all those indie games? Uh, I wasn't watching it live, but I follow the Nintendo Twitter, and they were actually really churning out some of the coolest trailers and stuff. Like, so I, I got a very live recap of it. Okay, good, good. Wow, yeah, yeah. It was. They also put up a trailer, and it was going like they had a ton of stuff. Did you see um, the Nindies at night? I, I saw you on the on on stream, Max, where you kind of yeah. jumped on and said it was kind of late to be uh, <laughs> to be yeah. to be streaming, but I had I had to do it. <laughs> it was. I watched uh, part of your stream of it, which was great, and then uh, I missed the rest of it. And then I saw a bunch of people were able to actually capture direct feed footage from a lot of those demos. So I got to see a lot of that stuff that. So many of those games were so cool, and I'd never heard of them. It was just like, and that's kind of my favorite thing, is like, that's what should be at a press conference. Surprises, and man, did we have tons of them. And I, I love indie games, so that entire conference was like, for me, completely. Like, it's like they made the entire thing for me. <laughs> so, I was so happy. I'm, I'm a fan of, like, the more creative, like, I know, what's, I know what I'm getting with Call of Duty, for the most part. I know what I'm getting even with, like, a Destiny 2 or, or a Madden, but I, I have no idea what, like, when, when we looked up and we saw Morpheus Law or whatever, we had no idea what that was. It's yeah. just the, the creative stuff you see is ridiculous. Um, like uh, that was a game Evan pointed out and didn't like as much. But Evan, which which game was it that you were really interested in? Because they put up trailers after we watched it, by the way, and had our post show. What of the, they put up trailers. Uh, the state of mind game that they I think didn't they put show up a trailer for that. Actual? And I think yeah. they put up a trailer for Away also. Did you yeah, see, I, I saw stuff about Away later on. Did you see what was it called? Uh, Little Fingers. Did you see that? It, Little fingers now. Okay, so it's it's definitely like a super indie version, uh, like super indie 
uh, Mario Party. Basically what it is is the story is that it's all these like master thieves and they meet at night and to chill out after like basically robbing all these million dollar mansions, they play a board game and you are basically in that board game and you're you're playing a series of mini games and stuff that all still have to do with thievery and trickery and there's all sorts of like platforming mini games where you're trying to trick people into falling on fl uh, false platforms and as you're playing the board game actually keeps flipping up. So it's yeah. it it looks super freaking cool. Yeah, they showed it for a bit, and uh, we didn't really talk about it much, but it reminded me a lot of our Mellow, and I'm hoping it's definitely yeah. going to have way different mechanics to it, but I like mm -hmm. that that's sort of coming back. It's sort of like a hybrid board game, video game, so yeah. it should be pretty cool. Well, and super cool art, so I kind of like that we're getting back towards that muted tones where everything kind of looks like it's made out of clay. Something about that seems more expressive in a way, and I think it looks really cool. They had, um, oh, what was the NT Creates game that they showed? It was, um, oh, Dragon Marked for Death. Did you see that one? I keep looking at that more and more now, and it looks so good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, apparently it's from the team that did, uh, that did uh, Mega Man Zero, I think. Mm. Um, and then uh, Nine and Ten also. And it's, um, it's, like a, it's like a 2D co-op style game, and it looks, it looks so good. I've seen oh, a tiny bit of it, yeah. Well, and I, I love those games, so it's definitely like, hmm, I, I, I guarantee it's probably going to be awesome, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it, there's so many games there, and then they showed the the Nindy stuff that happened, like I said, Nindies at night, and we got and the big one was, I guess, No More Heroes. Mm -hmm. um, that came out of nowhere, like the the whole thing where apparently it's going to be indie games. Yeah, which is interesting. A collection, <laughs> which is something I don't think they really kind of explained well during the conference. Nope. People seemed nope. really uh, kind of. I saw people being kind of sad and disappointed on uh, on Twitter. I saw mixed whereas. As soon as I heard the Hotline Miami, people were making one version of it. Like, from from what I read, and I could be wrong, you guys can correct me, it's that it's a bunch of people sort of, everybody's kind of been given the same script, so to speak, and everybody's doing their own version of it. Yes, it's, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I don't, that sounds cool to me. Like The entire, the entire game is built on Unreal Engine 4, so I think, mm -hmm. I think what people are afraid of is that it's a collection of minigames, and then everybody goes into, like, you actually go into Hotline Miami, as, as Travis touched on, but I think it's more Hotline Miami, Miami comes into un, uh, No More Heroes in Unreal Engine 4. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's how it's going to work. I think we'll see it from his point of view with those visuals rather than, like, the 2D visuals of Hotline Miami. It, it, yeah, that is the hope that it is visuals, but they kept yes. pointing out that it was middleware by Unreal, so it almost sounds like it is supposed to launch multiple engines throughout the game to have you go to the different styles. Yeah, and and I think I saw somewhere that they might even be selling them separately, so in that case, I would definitely see it as like a series of bot minigames. This is where things were interesting to me, because uh, did you guys, um, we talked about the Nindies at night a, a bit, um, but did you guys see where he pulled his shirt up and showed like Shovel Knight, he wants to do stuff with them? Yeah. So I had this thought, because it, they were talking like they didn't have the entire game finished. It sounded like they had two things picked out, Hotline Miami and something with the Shovel Knight creators. Mm -hmm. But if they were like, hey, if you're if you're an indie creator, you know, send us a message and we'll try to work with you on this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, episodic, That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, maybe this is going to be an episodic game. Mm -hmm. well, maybe we'll buy like six episodes or something. Which is something Square Enix has been doing this last like year and a half, and they've actually been making a ton of money on it. They're not publicizing it, but Nintendo's or uh, Square Enix has been having a thing now where if you have a mostly done indie game, you can send it to them, and sometimes they'll give you like their own music to use. They'll give you art assets, and then they just take like a cut of your final pay. And that's like a thing. I I think maybe Nintendo might be trying to do that with this. Of like, do you have an eighty percent game that fits this general theme? Okay, well then we'll Travis touch down it up and have another interesting piece. Of this overarching tale. I 
I actually like the idea though, because let's say let's say it is like a Kingdom Hearts style where he goes to these different worlds. That could be super creative and actually probably the most interesting No More Heroes like in the entire series, just because of like the collaboration. Yeah, well, and and not something different. Like, remember the Deadpool game? Everybody loved the Deadpool game because, like, one level is a two D platformer, and then you go back to an action shooter, and then there's weird mecha bosses. I mean, this could be Nintendo's Deadpool in a super psychopathic way. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Jesse, did you did you get a chance to catch any of that the Nindies at Night or anything like that? Yeah, I was a real big fan of Maluka. Is what stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Other than uh, the game that you all were talking about, because it, it seemed like. It was a weird mix of something that you would see like on the PS2 or like early PS3 360 games that it didn't look amazing, but it still looked better than the previous generation. And it looks, it just looks like a lot of fun to me. Um, that indie the, adventure type it, game. Is Maluka the Native American one? Yes. Yeah, that's I. I was watching some gameplay of that, and they like picked up these runes, and it starts saying the stuff that can understand it. They literally managed to morph into a bird and started flying over the map to see more <laughs> landmarks. It's it looks super freeform. Yeah, that looks crazy. I've forgotten the name. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was good. And then apparently, um, information came out where people had been playing Rocket League. Apparently, Rocket League plays fine on the Switch. Like it plays well. I think they targeted 720p, which makes sense. That's how it is in the handheld, and everyone was just playing it in handheld but apparently it played great so we're about to portable rocket league is going to be a thing soon yeah i'll Which, buy it again yeah I, I think a lot of people i mean it's 20 bucks it's not like we're buying another six dollar game whereas we were just talking before we went on air about how i'll probably end up buying two destiny twos <laughs> so that's um that'll be interesting but oh okay so evan can you explain to people about this destiny 2 situation <laughs> well, well i mean they're just still talking about it i haven't seen the devs say anything about it but it's on pc because you get the hybridization between keyboard and mouse and controller they needed to try to push the controllers up to a point where they could fight on par in pvp so they gave you a snap to targeting sort of but a little bit better it's almost straight aimbot i guess type uh aim assist and apparently it's pissing a lot of people off because at least in the beta, there was a gun, a hand cannon. Every time you pull the trigger, it basically auto-targets to someone's head. You could two to three shot anyone from any range without a problem. And it really pissed a lot of the keyboard players off to the point where they brought this mod thing that existed a while ago. It's been around forever, but it makes your keyboard and mouse act like a controller. So it gives your keyboard and mouse the aimbot. And they just sit around with the hand cannons, basically walk around corners and three-shot people without even any problems. So a lot of people are pushing to have them change it out. Uh, I've been reading way too many Reddit posts of people talking about, oh, it's Blizzard. No, it's not. It's Bungie. It's so weird. I don't know if you played the beta on PC, but on the Battle.net launcher, they have now they have like the Blizzard games, and then underneath it, it says like Activision, and then there's just the one game down there. I feel like they're trying to separate themselves from it as much as possible already. But, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play it on PC at all. I mean, I heard it was awesome because you you got that that solid sixty frames per second, which is something that console players desperately want. From what they've been saying on on forums and and whatnot, people aren't don't understand why they don't get it on the on the pro versions of their systems. But it, that seems to be like the the sweet spot there at sixty frames uh, at a decent resolution on the PC. But from what you're saying, there's just this crazy auto aim going on with controllers. And yeah, yeah. if they emulate it for a keyboard and mouse to act like a controller, then you're getting some ridiculous, I guess, assistance. Yeah, yeah. We'll, have, we'll have to see if it lasts. Like if that gets pulled over, because I mean we have to wait an extra month and a half, I guess, at this point yeah, to yeah. Even see it actually get released. So by then, maybe they'll have done something for the what, PC. What does it come out on PC? I think it's mid 
October? Mid-October. Yeah, because we know it's Wednesday for, for us console yeah. peasants. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, they got to make their money somehow. Everyone that owns a PS4 is going to need to purchase it, and then when they want it on the PC, they'll just have to wait and then buy it again. We'll buy it again, yeah. I mean, that's I, I was already alluding to that. Like, oh, I'll get it on PC, and then I guess I'll, well, I'll get it on console, and then I guess I'll buy it on PC so I can play with you guys. And, of course, probably get a better experience overall. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Max, do you have a do you have a decent computer? I don't know if that ever like crossed your mind to get something on the computer instead. Um, I have a decent computer uh, just because I edit so much video. Uh, but I I tried uh, the Destiny beta. It ran fine. It's definitely very well optimized. So even though I don't have a powerhouse, I'm not even sure what the heck graphics card I have. It still ran decently. I did go over to my friend's house though, and he had it cranked up to the the max settings. And whoa, like that opening scene of the beta where you're going through the uh, the marketplace as all the, the monsters are coming in and shooting at you and blowing up watermelons and stuff. It was crazy. It's crazy to see graphics cranked up that high. Yeah, that's a lot of times people don't realize that if you go from like a console to like PC and the PC has everything cranked, it really is a big difference to be honest. If you're if you're really into like visuals and stuff, so mm-hmm. I, I can like I think I think the best combination is probably uh, a Switch, a PC, and and I guess a PS4 because that's the only way we're gonna play Persona. <laughs> but uh, that's probably your best combination. And I, again, Microsoft doesn't care because you're running Windows more than likely. So what do they care? <laughs> um, but. Uh, Interesting, interesting stuff with Destiny. I'll be getting it, but um, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it twice. I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll have to buy it twice. <laughs> but uh, I know I know a lot of people are gonna be reviewing it. Uh, Max, you'll be reviewing it, right? Absolutely. Uh, people who have been watching my channel for a while know I actually reviewed every single piece. I reviewed the original Destiny, and then I reviewed all the DLCs, just because I was really interested in that game and. It really evolved and changed shape as time went on. So this this Destiny 2 is going to be dramatically better. If you only played Destiny 1 at launch and hated it, Destiny 2 is going to be totally different than that. So I'm excited to review the final game and see if it uh, actually lives up to the hype. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I like the first one, but I kind of fizzled out on it a bit mm-hmm. as, as time went on. I, I, didn't, I don't think I got any expansions because I was like... Mm-hmm. Ah, they keep just selling these expansions over and over again. <laughs> well, so yeah, they sold a lot of DLC, but what was really weird is that they definitely hired a bunch of writers, like a ton of writers, because originally the story was really bare bones, and you could see somebody definitely managed to take over the game secretly without like a public press release, because towards the end, there used to be these heroes that would actually show up in missions, and they'd talk and have one-liners and Nathan Fillion's voice. of like It became very personality-driven. You suddenly had these characters that were worth fighting with and like saving the world for, whereas originally it was like, hello, there's the skybox. I sure do enjoy <laughs> sh- shooting those same five uh, aliens over and over. So, you know, I'm excited nice. to see if this this is another big jump like that. Oh man, that's yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, so let me uh, let me talk to you guys a little bit here about some some interesting news that came out um, today. Actually, before I do that. Let me let me ask you guys what have you been playing this this week? Because there's one game that I've been playing a lot of that I don't know if I don't know if Max did you get Mario Rabbids? Uh, no, no, I'm I got uh, Metroid, so I'm working on a Metroid review for not this week, but uh, next week that video will be out on the twelfth. But uh, no, no, I've been just playing a lot of Salt and Sanctuary randomly for some reason. Oh, interesting. Okay, uh, Jesse, did you get Mario Rabbids? I did, but I haven't been able to play too much of it. I've been busy all week getting scripts written, editing, uh, okay. uh, getting I, stuff yeah. ready for the YouTube channel. So I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I'm al- I'm almost done with the game. So <laughs> I think Philip's the only one who's actually like I think I know he beat it like before it came out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was gonna I was gonna talk to him about it then, but he's he's busy doing other stuff. But um, 
good game. It's a fun game if you like tactical RPGs. It's definitely a a good way for beginners to get into the tactical series. Like if you go, if you've never played it, but you get into that game and then maybe you go into XCOM or something or even a Final Fantasy Tactics, it would kind of prepare you for that kind of. So it's it's good in that regard. Like I like that it's easy to get into, but it also kind of limits some of the customization. Like you don't actually get like armor for example for your characters oh. um yeah there's no armor in the game you just you basically you get more health and then you build up your skill tree and then you get um weapons you have short range weapons and you have long range weapons that's uh that's pretty much it there's no real well you don't even really level up your characters technically um, that's that's strange yeah i mean it, there, there's enough there to keep you busy but like there's a lot of unlockables um but I, I just I, I wish there was just a little just like a little more to the to the actual customization. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling um, this isn't the last thing we see from I guess Ubisoft. Maybe mm-hmm. in this in this uh, universe, the game has done well. It sold well and it, and it got good reviews. Yeah. So, they, they already have the story DLC announced for next year. So yeah, yeah. So it's gonna have full story DLC and everything. But I mean, like like years down the maybe like two or three years down the line, they make again like a, a sequel or something, and then they add just a little more to it. Whether it is like armor, I'm not kidding. Like maybe some kind of like actual stat system for your characters that you build up, things like that. Yeah, um, I that, think it's a good. I think it's a good like starting ground though for them. Well, because I I am a huge Final Fantasy Tactics fan. I've beaten all of them several times over, and I actually really like getting into the nitty gritty of the stats. So knowing that's not really an aspect of all of this is is a major minus to me. Yeah, it's um, it's good. It's good for what it is. Like I said, I, I don't think they wanted to overwhelm players. Mm-hmm especially because it might have been a lot of people who have never played a tactics-based game, especially some of the people I talked to never played a tactics-based game, so this is like their introduction to the entire genre. Good way to get them introduced, though. Like, people who play that are then going to be like, well, what what other good tactical RPGs are there out there? Oh, there's XCOM. Oh, there's Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, there's just, it's, good, it's good to get them into it, because I, I don't think enough people are into strategy RPGs with how good the games actually are. So there's there's a lot to, there's a lot to play in in strategy RPGs and uh, I think this is a good way for people to get into it. Um, but it is challenging at times. There are times where I'm playing it. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty hard. Like this is some of the some of the times you go through, you actually have to go back and grind for money coins, I guess, and then you have to like buy more weapons and stuff mm-hmm. to get to actually be able to well play against these some of these enemies as you get later. Like sometimes they get teleport, and um, some of them can like basically ink you, so you can't use any of your uh, abilities, and it's it gets very difficult. But they have it so you can go back through. You can go back to like the beginning levels with your really powerful weapons and play through it for like perfect scores and stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of backtracking, a lot of uh, a lot of going back through to get everything perfect. Um, and uh, I I like it. And by, I have to say the visuals are actually good. Like they're really good. I was a little surprised when I turned it on based on what we've been playing on the Switch. Um, that might be visually the best game so far on the Switch. Wow, I was I was looking at a lot of the cutscenes and some of the gameplay videos, and yeah, it really seems like it. I also like it's just so uh, artistically different. I feel like a lot of stuff, everything kind of has this normal Nintendo art to it. Most of what we've seen so far, so it's nice to see this really Ubisoft kind of weird thing over here with like toilet jokes and like <laughs> interdimensional teleporting and stuff. It's like, okay, cool, weird. Very colorful, very colorful game. Um, like everything is like pops off the screen, which is good. Um, and I, I have noticed that there is dynamic resolution scaling that's that's heavily scaling. Like if, uh, for example, if everything zooms out on the field, stuff that's a little further in the distance becomes pretty blurry. I think that's just a dynamic scaling that they're using. It's almost like it's out of focus and like yeah. things close to you are in focus. Um, but I've been playing it mostly in handheld mode. When I 
put it on like the TV, it actually looks better by a decent amount. So it might just be because of the, the handheld mode. But uh, I, I like the change of pace to have something that's that bright and colorful because I've just been playing like Call of Duty for a while. Yeah. And uh, that's that, you know, that was that next gen brown, I guess they call it, or next gen gray. Yep. Yeah. The, so. the gritty, or is a uh, Yahtzee of zero punctuation calls it like spunk gargle wee wee, where it's just like all the <laughs> negative of the world being, look, now we've crammed all these bad emotions in brown colors, and that's realism, I guess. Yeah, it's, it, it's very colorful. It pops off the screen very well. And that is running the Snowdrop engine, the same engine that runs the Division, and the mm-hmm. same engine that uh, runs uh, Stealth Park. Yeah. The new one. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. You never know. I mean, the frame rate's good. It's not like it doesn't get really bad. I mean, sometimes if you zoom in, I think, and things are happening on screen, it starts to drop a bit, but it's good overall. Like, I, I play it, and I'm like, I could see South Park on the uh, on, on the Switch. So I hope that gives them a little bit of a push to be like, let's let's see if South Park runs on this. Mm-hmm. Um, South Park's another game that I think would do really well as a handheld. I, I, may, I mean, yes, I am not sure Nintendo would allow that. The fact that it's – the first one was – had was so heavily censored in parts of the world. I'm not sure Nintendo would want to deal with that. Like I there can, was, I can see that. Yeah. There were two extended scenes that had to be banned in Australia. Where instead, when you get to that in the original Stick of Truth, it just puts up a big black screen that says, "This is what's gonna happen," but you can't see it because your uh, government sucks. And that's like, <laughs> I don't think Nintendo would want that. Apparently, the new one. Um, apparently, anyway, allegedly, the new one will not be censored anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was just crazy. I, I think they had to jump through a big. Did you read? Any of the description, the ESRB has the final version of the game, and they had to go through it. And apparently, uh, apparently, it's uh, a lot more graphic this time. <laughs> good, good. That's, I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of, the, of that series is to be as like jarring as possible. You know, to be like, yeah. whoa, I can't believe they're actually allowed to put that on a on a game. There's this note, and it's funny because you can tell it's written by like a guy in his 60s who just hates his job, and it says, "Extended scenario in which you must perform lap dance with a series of button presses during flatulence." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Ever. That's great. But I mean, I mean, you never know. I mean, we, we are, we just see no more heroes, uh, which will be uh, a graphic game as we've seen in the past. I mean, you power up your saber by, uh, by performing various acts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw, did you guys see that on his uh, interview where he did that uh, on screen and got everybody to do it like on the interview? <laughs> uh, I don't think I did. I, I no. think I've seen what you're talking about. Yeah. We ran into issues on the stream because they had a certain person host the thing. <laughs> Which was great. <laughs> I heard about that. Potter yeah. told me I should have been there to moderate. <laughs> yeah, the girl that they uh, people knew the girl that was hosting it. They had a very a, a very uh, odd choice to host the, the the entire thing. She was known online. We'll say that. <laughs> say ah. that. Yes. Uh, yeah. People are saying it in the chat. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Would they allow South Park? Ah. I I don't know. I don't know. It really depends on what Nintendo wants to do right now. Do they want to allow that on their system? I mean, they've had South Park games on there before. Let's not forget that, like, the first South Park game ever was a, a little kid first-person shooter on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, throw, throw pea snowballs at each other. Yep. Snowball game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> at the cow launcher. That horrible thing. <laughs> that was actually a fun game, too. <laughs> I played it a lot. I rented it from Blockbuster, like, six times. I think I ran it from California Video. I think is what that place was called that was around oh, here. Was it Hollywood Video? No. Well, we had a Hollywood no, yeah, Video also, we, we but then Hollywood. we also had, we had ah. Hollywood Video, and then we also had California Video, and then I think <laughs> I think Super Fresh also rented uh, rented the stuff the the supermarket <laughs> Super Fresh. Uh, but yeah, no, we had a lot of rental places around us that shut down pretty quickly. So uh, California Video actually was the place that used to rent out the entire system to you. 
Blockbuster used to have that where you'd like give them your credit card and they give you that giant like locked black case and you opened it up. Uh, I managed to find one of those uh, for a Sega CD. And so it's an actual, it's humongous thing and you open it up and it has a completely like nailed together Sega CD so you can't take it apart any part of the console. But you could like rent it for like $100 a week or something crazy. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember how much it was. I know we would. I think it was like forty bucks for the '64. And you'd rent it, two controllers. I think is what it came with, and then like you'd be able to pick two games, and it was like forty bucks for the weekend or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't bad, I guess. Um, I remember we'd always rent like two more controllers because we'd have like like my parents have like people over for the weekend, and all the kids would be downstairs playing '64, taking turns with Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, those were the days right there. I don't even think we had Goldeneye. I think it was just those two games. Um, yeah, we we played a lot of Goldeneye. I was a Goldeneye neighborhood. That's actually when I got into competitive gaming as a little kid. Is there were local tournaments actually for Goldeneye? So I just would practice Goldeneye all day and then go to tournaments and then win crappy Target gift cards. That was that was before the internet was like a big thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. You didn't have a lot to do at home, so you'd like fire up the sixty four and just play the same level over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was those were those were simpler times. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, so what what else have you guys been playing this this week? I kind of took over with Mario Rabbids there for a minute. Uh, I played a bunch of Call of Duty uh, World War II, that second beta. I've been playing a bunch of that, really loving it. And uh, I played a bunch of Salt and Sanctuary, which for those who haven't played is definitely, it's just 2D Dark Souls, but you could play it co-op start to finish. So uh, one of my military friends was in town and we just played the hell out of it. So that it's yeah. such a good game. It, it, it while I was playing it, it made me think that it'd be something that's so perfect for the Switch because it just has a couple buttons. You have like jump, hard slash, light slash, and like roll. And then you could use your shoulder buttons for like messing with menus. And I don't know, it's so simplistic, it kind of makes me surprised we haven't seen it on the Switch. So maybe it's some sort of Sony licensing thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've played that game before. It's pretty fun. It is. It's yeah. fun. I don't think I got super into it. I think I played it for a bit and then I moved mm-hmm. on, but it is a fun game. It's worth it. Um, what about what about you, Jesse? You said you've just been mostly editing. Yeah, mostly editing. Every now and then, I'll turn on the PS4, play some quick Mortal Kombat, Call of Duty stuff like that, but nothing more than like ten or fifteen minutes. That's why I've oh, been picking you. those games because you can just pick it up, get into it, play a match, and then carry on. Yeah. So, what about what about you, Evan? I'm still going through that cyclical lull of just like not having something that's going to really grab me right now. I've been checking some of the old games we used to play to see where they've gone to. Like I just, I think, finished playing today a little bit of The Division. Not much has changed. Um, I was debating picking up Absolver, but there's not much to it. So I'm kind of holding off on that. I'm going to get you like a PS4 or something, dude. I mean, even then, it's still the same thing. I, I think I've cycled through about six or seven games since the de- the Destiny 2 beta went down, and, I, like, nothing's really holding me right now. You want to play some, like, Persona or some Horizon Zero Dawn? Not really. Yeah, I mean, by, this, by this point, Horizon Zero Dawn, I would have beaten it. Like, and then what am I doing? And it, it's the same, the it's my same issue. Yeah, I'm, this is the waiting time right now for games, I think. Like, we're just there. Everybody's golf. Yeah, I keep seeing that. I need to try playing that. I keep looking at it on the shop, so I'll I get, have to uh, off to play that. I got sent a game this week. It's probably probably one of the worst games of the year, easily. It's called Dead Alliance, and as weird as it is, you buy the single player and multiplayer separately. And since what? they sent me a review copy, it's everything in one. But uh, it is awful. It is a cell phone game on consoles. What it, is it called? 
It's called Dead Alliance. It's basically the distant future. The zombie apocalypse has happened, and now we kind of have it under control. And people are competing in like these Hunger Games style events, I think. And so basically, you're dropped into an arena, and there's a bunch of zombies. But the way you win is by killing the other players. So you're kind of just avoiding the zombies or using zombie lures to try and uh, grab people. But the problem is the controls are garbage garbage control so because of it since i'm even semi-competent i was just getting like 75 kills every match because every other player literally cannot even move they're just like stuck and so i just run around the map shooting everybody in the head but it it controls like a cell phone game that you managed to rig a controller to is that it like is, a first person shooter style game yeah yeah and, here. And it is super it is is one of the worst games of the year easily it is so bad it controls so stiff if you look Whoa, up it's 40 dollars yeah, it is so bad. It is a cell phone game that they shoved on consoles the last second. Well, it's, it on, does, it's on PC also. It does that annoying thing where, like, it, it has so many loading screens, which I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind a loading screen if the game's good. And I hate black loading screens. And it does that thing where literally, like, you're, like, it's the opening screen, and there's, like, a zombie moving at, like, four frames a second. And you click, like, I want to go to multiplayer. And it's just, like, black screen for 15 seconds. Like, did it break? And then all of a sudden it just, like, just you're just randomly in a lobby and it's like choose one of these 15 loadouts of like five crappy sniper rifles or a machine gun it's just it's so untested jeez wow. and it's just it's it one of those times where i was sent a game and i was like man I, i'm gonna record some footage just so i could talk about how you should not do this <laughs> yeah, you sent me a game and now i have to tell people not to buy it thanks yeah. for that <laughs> yeah. that's amazing i i've i've seen people have to do that before where they feel like they have to put a review out and yeah. say something good about it but if it's just not worth the money is you know it's just well, not worth the money it's also one of those things where i'm i'm not even gonna do a full review just because it would take so many hours out of my time and it's so bad the whole thing would just be five minutes of me banging my head on the microphone so i think <laughs> i'm just gonna record some footage in case i need to reference it later but god it is trash Wow, good to know. Good to know it's bad. Before yeah. I, I, I probably, you know what, I probably would have never came across it actually if you yeah. hadn't said anything. Like, it's just one of those weird things where it looked cool. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, "Yeah, man, I, I like, uh, I like zo shooting zombies." Oh, it's, it might be like Left for Dead. No, it's Left for Trash. <laughs> so, uh, is uh, Evan? Are you just in the the holding period until? Yep, just in a circle until, pattern. Because the wait until Destiny. Well, the problem is the division announced a patch that it's one of those things where it's like, man, this should have been in your game when you launched, but mm -hmm. it should be cool to check out. But that's not out yet. And then uh, Warframe, weirdly enough, did the same thing where they just announced a large open world map with tons of stuff going on, day-night cycles, bosses that appear at night, and all this really cool stuff, and it's not out yet. So it's it's basically me waiting for which one of those drops first or if Destiny 2 lands, and then I just do that. <laughs> Need to get your console, man. <laughs> it's not going to change anything in this moment. This this month and next month is going to be just that sequence of events of just waiting for games. It happens it's, every year. I, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a reviewer and I always have like 15 things in my play. But personally, I'm really, really excited for uh, the uh, Dishonored Death to the Outsider DLC coming out on the 15th. That is going to be so legit. Yeah. I never got into Dishonored. You did, Evan. The first game was all right. The uh, second yeah. game I never really picked up, though. So, well, what's really interesting about this, because I talked, to, I got to actually talk to the developers at uh, QuakeCon, and they straight up told me that this is going to basically blow up the universe. They like it's going to be one of those things where they're they liked one and two, and one and two they made their money back, but they're not sure they're ever going to do a Dishonored three. So the point of this is you're literally killing God, and once you kill God, they're like, all right, so that way if we ever make a Dishonored three, like everything's totally free. We don't have to worry about 
we don't have to worry about keeping the art style or the play style or anything. And we can just be like, oh yeah, we killed God, so now everybody's plays like this. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't. I just didn't get into the Dishonored series. I, I've considered. I have it. Like I own them. I just haven't played them yet because they were on Steam. Man, whenever Steam sales come around, I end up with so many games that I have yet to play. It's ridiculous. I don't know if Max, you get really get into the Steam summer stuff or the Steam winter yeah. sales, where games I, are like two bucks. Dude, I get super deep into the PlayStation Flash sales. I just keep like $20 at any time on my PlayStation account, and I have a buddy who messages me every time a new Flash sale starts. Like, they're doing the PAX Flash sale right now. You can get everything, like every Final Fantasy game that's available available digitally, you can get them for like 4 bucks each. And so... Which um, which ones do they have up right now? Uh, it's So it's, it's literally, they're all available right now. So you can buy like Final Fantasy uh, 1 and 2... Uh, four, five, uh, six, seven, eight, and nine all on there. And like, those are the ones I'm referring to the ones specifically you can play on your Vita. That's what I'm about to say. So like, if you're still a Vita owner, uh, or you have your PS3 hooked up and you're looking for the cheapest way to play those in HD, now is the time. Four That's bucks. Pretty good. Yeah. For a game you're going to play for maybe 80 hours, such a crazy deal. That's pretty good. I think I have a, actually, that, I know I have a bunch of on Steam. I think I have seven, eight, and nine, maybe. Um, but that's that's seven. I had to record footage for that video I did. But uh, seven um, had a lot of improvements on the PC. It even has like cloud saves, which is interesting. Yeah, which um, they which they put into the new PS4 version. I was really happy with that. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I I've bought Final Fantasy seven so many times now. Oh man. Yeah, so <laughs> I think I've bought it probably fifteen times. Yeah, I mean it's a great game, but I just I, I keep doing that thing where I keep buying a game over and over again. I, I'm uh, so bad about. Final Fantasy VII, now I'm collecting all the strategy guides. I'm collecting all the rarest versions of the Final Fantasy VII strategy guide. Really? How many, wait, how many do you have right now? Uh, I think nine of them. I think I have nine strategy guides, including the really rare PC ones that have wow. like uh, un- unused art and stuff. Ah, the PC ones. Yeah, because the PC, wasn't the PC box like this weird triangle-looking box? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, flat on t- it was, it was like a weird pyramid, but yeah, yeah. And it opened up like this. Yeah, I saw them at, uh, there was like a few conventions I went to and I saw it. I wasn't too many games, there's one before that. But um, that's interesting. So, okay, so real quick, did you guys, uh, did you guys see some of the interesting stuff that came out surrounding NBA on the Switch? Um, apparently, this is interesting. This is something a lot of people were talking about for a little while. Um, what's happening is you need an SD card, apparently, for some games. And they made that apparent with NBA. I think they were having a hard time getting on on just a cartridge or something. And uh, so what it sounds like is you need an internet connection and you need an SD card is what it looks like is on the front of the box. So you need to either unpack stuff from the, the game card or you need to start downloading stuff for the full game, I guess is what they're saying, which is interesting. So that means that uh, we're to the point where the 32 gigs on board is not going to be enough and buying a physical copy is not going to be enough. Wow. Is that, con- yeah, is that, interesting? Is that confirmed? Yeah, it's, on, it's, it's part of the box art that they put out. Wow. Nintendo themselves said it. Yeah. So you're going to need to get an SD card now for games like NBA and then I guess any other third-party games that come out because first-party games aren't big. I think Mario Rabbids was like three gigs or something like that. Jesus. And, uh, and from what I'm hearing, NBA is uh, – I think NBA is 25 to 30 gigs somewhere in there after patches. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah, but it's like 50 or – I think it's over 50 on the PS4 and the Xbox One after patches. So it's – I mean we, we've gotten used to it, right? We put the game into the PS4 or the Xbox One and then we walk away for like an hour to let it install. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're to that point. 
Um, yeah, the initial is 25 gigs, and then there's a patch. They've already confirmed that there's a day one patch you need to download. So internet is required, I guess, for that to the point where you could... It's like, you know how there's Perfect Dark, and you'd have an expansion pack to play the entire game, but if you didn't have the expansion pack, you could still play some of the game? Yeah. That's well, that's kind of what it I, sounds like. I think you could play single player. You had to have that for the multiplayer. Yeah, that's, so that's, um, that's what's happening kind of with that. Um, is an SD card, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I thought they were waiting to put the physical copy out for bigger cards to come out, but I guess they're just like, no, you need an SD card. It's the way it is. Now, it wouldn't fit on the main storage anyway if you bought it digitally, so you're going to have to get one. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's going to be interesting when that comes out to see what people think. I mean, people online already hear about this, but when like the general consumer who isn't as like tapped into the internet as all of, all of us are, uh, how that's going to play out when people start buying this game. That's, kind of reminds me of uh, when Smash Brothers started receiving all of the updates. You weren't able to play that game on the base model of the Wii U unless you had a USB drive, which for me is a bit more complicated than just slipping in an SD card because every phone has that. Maybe not everyone has a USB drive or a second hard drive to plug into a Wii U or something. So where someone might have the SD card, it'd be a little bit easier for people to play the full game. But with uh, it being a third-party game, I still don't think that's as bad as when uh, Nintendo put out their first-party game, Smash Bros., which was one of the best-selling games on the Wii U. And then like, you can't even play it unless you have the second thing to mm-hmm. use to download all of the updates and everything. It's like those old toys, some assembly required. Like it's going to have to start saying like big print on the cover to make sure you don't get pissed off parents returning it two hours later. Required internet connection, required a memory stick of at least this size. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting is they've even um, they've even uh, taken to like store shelves now and they're going to be uh, basically they've partnered with Western Digital so that they can brand SanDisk uh, memory cards now, the SD cards. So you actually walk in, you'll see like Mario and, and Link on the uh, on the SD cards now, mm. on the packaging. I think they, I think they did that with uh, 64 gig and 128 gig cards that you find in stores like Best Buy or um, I guess Walmart at this point. So it is uh, it is to that point, and I guess it's something they had to figure out because if third parties couldn't figure it out and it was going to be that difficult, they may have just moved on. And Nintendo was like, well, how about we just do this? And that's it's the way it has to be. I mean, they're the ones who decided on the 32 gigs internal, I guess because it would be too costly to go up in size for them. But I, I have a feeling down the road they will eventually introduce some kind of larger size, whether it's 64 or maybe even a 128 at some point. Yeah. I, and that seems so logical, especially with how hard they're pushing digital content. Especially when we get the virtual console, they're going to have to be like, this is the the more deluxe edition. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, whatever to me, I know we already know there's going to be some kind of Switch revision. It's Nintendo. They do it with everything. I mean, how many 3DS and 2DS revisions will we see before? I don't even think we've seen all of them yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll see more, you know, um, which sounds crazy because a lot of us are pretty much ready for the 3DS to slowly kind of ride off into the sunset at this point. Of course, we have Samus Returns, and then we have the next Pokemon game, um, and that's fine. But it feels like after that, we'll probably have some third parties here and there make some smaller games, but I feel like Nintendo isn't going to do much else after that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think so. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do uh, decide to release, I, I don't even know what they, Animal Crossing? Would they put that on the 3DS again? I don't think, at, at this point, I feel like 
the only thing I would have guessed is like a Kirby game or a Donkey Kong game, and now we know Kirby is coming to the Switch, so that's totally out the window. Yeah, I think po- Pokemon may be the final hoorah for the Switch before it gets sent off into the abyss. Or not the Switch, the 3DS. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's probably time. I mean, the 3DS had a good run. I know they don't want to leave that uh, that install base behind because I think pe- people still buy the 3DS a lot right <laughs> right now, which, is, which sounds crazy, right? But people do. So in their mind, they might not want to walk away from it, but eventually they're going to have to decide you know, where do these games go? Where Because you're, you're kind of dividing your third parties too because, well, some of them may just want to make games for the 3DS because it's cheaper and the install base is bigger. Mm-hmm. So, but they want you to make it for the Switch even though it costs more money and they're a little smaller, you know, install base. So it's, it's probably tough for Nintendo to keep both going despite them pretending like it's not. And then really separating the two in marketing is, it seems to be very difficult for them as well. Well, it, I use this example before, but it does sort of remind me of when so when uh, Atari was trying to release all these multiple consoles, and so Mario was like, uh, Atari was like, this is the twenty six hundred, here's the Vids two hundred, here's the seventy four hundred. Like they were trying to release all these consoles in succession, but there were so many twenty six hundreds, nobody ever wanted to make games for anything else. So all the the other versions of that console that were a lot more powerful just didn't get any games. Yeah, yeah, that's um, who man, that's I don't know. I feel like. Do you think Nintendo really wants to be with one system, though? I think that's. I think it might scare them a little bit. Maybe. I still think that they're going to move that way. Like, just because when they were talking about consolidating in late 2015, they were having all these big press releases talking about how they were consolidating divisions and trying to roll the handheld teams together with the console teams for the first time. So I think that's what it's going to be. I think they were all hinting at the fact that every game now is just going to be designed by everybody. Uh, I, I think that's the smartest move. I think splitting yourself up at this point in this current market is not the best idea. Yeah, it's um, it's. I think if they're more focused, it'll be easier on them, and uh, and it'll be easier for them to bring a, a bigger library to the Switch because the Switch is selling like crazy right now in Japan. Did you guys see that the Kotaku did a nice little comparison? I already knew the comparison though because I did it myself. But did you guys see the comparison where they compared like the first? What was it, 36 weeks or something between the the Switch and the and the PS4? And yeah, the I've PS4, seen a, an article on that. Yeah, the PS4 sold like 600,000 at the same time that now the Switch has sold over one and a half million. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's I, telling how popular the Switch is. Well, I think it's also an interesting thing of how much gaming has exploded. There were a lot of reports written a couple of years ago talking about how the PlayStation 4 is like one of the most popular consoles of all time, like talked about the amount of people using it and stuff. So it's just really interesting to see like we're in an age now where being a gamer is the default. Like all kids are playing games basically. So if you're a kid and you want a game console, your parents are going to either have to buy you a PS4 and make sure you're only playing the good games or they're going to get you a Switch. Believe it or not, it's actually, uh, I know it sounds crazy when I say this, it's actually the cheapest it's ever been to be a gamer right now also. Yeah, yeah. It sounds crazy, but a PS4 is like $250, and that's if you're not even shopping around because I do see deals at times where you get cash back on your card and Target card or whatever. So you'd probably be able to get one for like less than $250, and that's that's a great deal for a game console to kind of enter. You know, the, I mean, what will we see a 2DS XL, which you could consider a system since, well, Samus Returns is coming out on it. That's $150, bucks, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, man, it's so cheap to get into the, the market right now if you want to be a gamer and you've never played games before. I mean, the Xbox One S last Christmas was brand new for 200 with Minecraft, and it's like... Well, I, I always tell people, too, when uh, parents are talking to me, like, I want to give my kid a game. I'm like, 
the best thing now is to just get a kid like a $50 PlayStation card and let them just buy like the 10 indie games they want. That's never been possible before, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially you could, I mean, man, 50 bucks goes a long way with yeah. uh, indie games. You get a Stardew Valley, you know, um, you could get a, a, a Hollow Knight. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of stuff you could buy with that $50 card and have hours and hours of gameplay, whereas... I mean, now you have to buy one game, and that wouldn't even get you the $60 game. So it's mm-hmm. like, geez. It's a great time to be a gamer right now. I will say that. There's just so much to play right now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm constantly, like, looking around at games that I, I have to play. <laughs> so well, I will say, though, this week so far has been taken up by Mario Rabbids. But for the most part, I, I want to do some other indie games, um, especially after the Nindies came out and showed just so many good games coming to the Switch and other platforms, too. Like, that Super Meat Boy game looks like it's going to be a blast. I... I'm kind of like this. I do not like Infinite Runners. I know they're very, very popular, but I do not like them. So the fact that Super Meat Boy is becoming one is not super hot to me. They had, um, I mean, they had their interview and they said it's not an Infinite Runner, whatever that actually means. They said it's divided into levels, but you're right. It does look kind of like an Infinite Runner. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't like the games where it's like, hey, you're running at full speed, and instead of like having to worry about timing and placement is literally just a matter of like almost playing it like DDR. like games like that you can literally memorize the motions and play with your eyes closed if you know where every jump happens i don't know <laughs> well they said it changes also apparently that uh the entire world changes it's like it's what would you call it procedurally generated i guess uh, um to where things change as you're playing through it hmm. which is interesting yeah um so, I I, I mean, it, it, it's going to be fun. It's hard. Super Meat Boy is not an easy game. And apparently it's going to, like, uh, debut on the Switch, apparently. So, it'll be on the oh, Switch, wow. and then it'll go to other systems. Yeah. So, it's going to start there, and then it'll go to the other systems after that. Um, so, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting when that comes out, but uh, man, it's, it's so easy to be a gamer now compared to how it used to be is what, what I was saying before. We're very expensive back in the day. I know the Xbox One X is considered expensive. It was even more expensive back way back when, trust me. Yeah. Like, well, I always tell people, like, if you thought uh, the $600 PlayStation 3 sucked, imagine in the times of, what was it? The uh, 3DO. 3, yeah, the 3DO, wasn't that like $800 or something? $800, and, yep. That's <laughs> Sand disc, the laser disc console, that thing was like one thousand two hundred dollars. It's like, yep. Convince your parents to buy that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And games were like, you know, even if you look at the eighty dollar price tag on car- some cartridges back in the day, and then the sixty dollar price of CDs or games on discs or whatever. Now, even if there is that twenty dollar difference, the eighty dollars twenty thirty years ago was a lot more than it is today as well so there's yeah. also that which yeah. inflation is inflation is yeah. a big deal yeah yeah so right now not only consoles but video games themselves even if it is sixty dollars for the disc and then twenty dollars season pass that eighty dollars is still a lot cheaper than like the eighty dollars you'd spend on a full cartridge back in the day that when it released that was it there would be no updates or patches to fix anything as soon as you bought the game that's the game you get if there is a game breaking glitch in it it's no one yeah. really cares. Yeah, that was it. Well, you can't patch it either. Yeah, <laughs> and that—that's the reason I made a video this week defending Final Fantasy 15. And I think it's really interesting. Like, I'm a guy who grew up playing so much Final Fantasy as an adult. I still love it, and it's interesting to have a game that keeps growing and changing. I keep getting new chapters that play completely different. I keep getting all these free updates with the festivals, like the Chocobo Festival, and now the Assassin's Creed Festival. And it's like. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, they don't quite fit the storyline, but holy crap, they exist and they are free. Yeah, 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, they're doing a lot of that, a lot of the free uh, DLC and everything. But let me let me ask you this. Uh, I saw your rant video, by the way, Max. You were talking about how Final Fantasy people are thinking that Final Fantasy is kind of, uh, I guess, they're stretching it a little thin and trying to get yeah. a lot of money for it. But I mean, that was a very costly development, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is there was some some news that seriously went up before we went on the air here uh, about well, they were talking more about this. Remember how we had that big. That huge thing that happened over over, I think it was, it was two weeks ago, a week before, where they were talking about Final Fantasy 15 on the on the Switch. Yeah, because they they alluded to it. Well, apparently, um, people caught up to them uh, and asked them a little more about well, what's going on with that. Apparently, they clarified further and they said they they attempted to load the Luminous engine on the Switch mm-hmm. and it didn't run very well for them. Um, they didn't try to optimize or anything, but it didn't run well. But they did say Unreal Engine 4 ran fine. And Unity ran fine for them, which uh, uh, which called runs um, Kingdom Hearts runs on Unreal Engine. Yeah, so that is a um, super huge flag, super huge flag that we're not going to be getting the Final Fantasy 15 we know on Switch, but it could be something in that universe on Switch. Yeah, yeah, they don't even have to really use the Luminous Engine; they could use the Unreal Engine. To be honest, if they just want to build another game down the road, what that really also tells me is. Don't expect anything from them soon. (laughs) It sounds like they haven't made any progress. They haven't started with a lot. They basically loaded it up, checked it out, you know, played around with it. The way they make it sound, it sounds like people in the office just have switches and they were, you know, on their lunch break. They were like, hey, get that, get the Luminous engine over here. Let's try it on the switch. Yeah. Something like that. Um, But the fact that Unreal works is interesting because someone else also pointed out in the chat, Final Fantasy VII is also running on Unreal. So they have experience with Unreal. And um, they may want to move to the Switch with something from that universe, like you were saying, Max, maybe something original from the Final Fantasy XV universe, something I think would be more interesting anyway, rather than try to take Final Fantasy XV and kind of you know, mold it to the Switch, why not try to build something for the Switch from the ground up? So just while we're on the topic of Final Fantasy, I heard a crazy freaking announcement, like a, a, little, a little hidden detail thing that was kind of slipped up in an interview that no one's really reporting on that's really interesting. Uh, Tabata apparently who is the director of final fantasy 15 apparently he is allowed to make anything like his bosses apparently said he can make whatever he wants involving final fantasy 15 up until january 1st 2018 and when that happens he basically has to either uh announce a new major project so that they can get hype going towards like another final fantasy 15 like a full-fledged thing or he has to begin work on final fantasy 16 something about like so it sounds like those who are kind of annoyed that we're getting like all this Final Fantasy 15 content, it looks like that could be drying up soon. It looks like we're, they may have just had it as this solid year of Final Fantasy 15 and they've made hundreds of millions of dollars off this and they're going to put him since he is such a great director onto the next project. So any future Final Fantasy 15 style stuff, which may still be something on the switch may be very, very different, which could be good. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, Hmm interesting yeah really gets my oh man gets my brain boiling ever since i heard that i was like whoa what the heck could that even mean yeah wow i wonder if they would consider leaving the luminous engine with final fantasy 15 and moving on to unreal engine or something that that would not shock me just because they are a company that's so obsessed with innovation and shifting stuff around like every single game has to have a totally new combat system a totally new writing style like totally new characters so it wouldn't surprise me if they were also like, man, that engine was such a pain to work with. Let's just jump over here where this works a lot easier. Yeah, Unreal Engine do- would work a lot better across because they- it seems like they're now on the same boat as let's just put this game on everything at the same time. I think Final Fantasy 15 going to the PC is them basically saying, hey, the next time we make a full Final Fantasy, like a 16, 
it's just going to be on everything. It's going to be a yeah. PS4, Xbox, or I don't know, what are we, PS5, Xbox uh, 2, <laughs> and PC. They'll, we'll just drop it all at the same time, mm-hmm. and Unreal Engine will let us do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that seems like the way to go. Uh, With Unreal I, Engine, I, there was the interview a while back where uh, it was Al Numa, maybe the president of Nintendo, I forget who exactly it was, but he said that all of the Nintendo developers has, in his words, perfected Unreal Engine 4 on the Switch. So I don't know what that means, if they just say, hey, yes, it can work on the Switch with absolutely no problems, or if all of the developers are actually experienced with developing or experimenting with the engine itself. I think it's that second thing he said. I think they have basically, you know, shut themselves into like a room and just poured over the code and, and, and the instructions essentially for the, for the whole thing. And they are to the point where if somebody wants to program for the Switch, they are to the point where, okay, it's running, your stuff's running on Unreal Engine 4. Awesome. Here, we'll help you put it on the Switch because we understand it completely. I think that's kind of what they were trying to say. So, like Yoshi, the new Yoshi is running on Unreal Engine 4, for example. Yeah. Um, you're going to see that a lot, probably. They're going to take advantage of Unreal Engine 4 because, as we're now seeing, Unreal Engine 4 seems way more versatile than the previous iterations. We see, like, um, what's that uh, vampire game? Um, Code Vein. That's on Unreal Engine. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, surprising i think to a lot of people when they saw that um, that was unreal engine because it doesn't look like it would use that i mean kingdom hearts that's it's gonna use unreal engine so it's games that don't need to be super realistic can still use it and, and work well it looks like so i think you're right i think you're right jesse i think it's um they're just they they know what they're doing so if you need help get on the switch because of course it has to work in this different uh, not drastically different, but this different clock speed with with handheld and resolution, and then it you know jumps to the screen with uh with with full speed clocks and 1080p. We can help you do that. I think is what they were saying. Um, but uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting there. Um, oh yeah, and somebody else is saying that uh, Tokyo Game Show. Do uh, you guys remember uh, Project Octopath Traveler, right? Yep, been thinking about it every night before I go to bed. <laughs> it looks good, doesn't it? It looks very good. I'm really excited for that game. Apparently, we're going to actually hear more information and see it pretty much in action at Tokyo Game Show. Cool, yeah. I'd like to see, since we saw so little of it, it yeah. just seemed like the ultimate, like, hey, you want to see a Super Nintendo RPG redone now? Like, yes! So <laughs> hopefully, that's what it really is. It's something it does look like cool. It kind of looks almost like uh, that mixed with almost like a 3D.GameHeroes kind of thing. Yep. Um, yep. Oh, man, it looks so good. Like It looks like it's such a fun game. Um, and then Lost Fear. Did you see the trailer for Lost Fear? I did. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on that. Dude, it looks like um, it has like a Xenogears look now. Yeah. It looks really, 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 really good. It's one of those games that I am just, whatever console it comes out on first, no matter what console, I got to play that day one. I think it's coming out on every system, I think. Yeah. All at the same time, I think. Oh, if it's universal, then hell yeah. You, you, man, I got to get my hands on that. I loved I Am Setsuna. I never, I gave it an eight, a, a 9 out of 10. I loved I Am Setsuna. Oh, good. Yeah, you'll like this one then. Apparently, it's 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 I Am Setsuna, just, just more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's that same, uh, uh, that company, Tokyo RPG Factory, their job is literally to create a new RPG every single year. So they're probably all going to be pretty much the same with like quirks and changes, but I'm totally on board with that. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, so, uh, okay. This is funny. Let me, uh, let me talk to you guys about this for a second. Uh, so GameStop, you guys are familiar with them, right? Yeah. Did you, we uh, at GameStop for a while. So, oh, you, when, when did you work at GameStop? Was it a while ago or? 
It was... Well, I've worked at several different used video game stores, but I worked at GameStop during the launch of the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Very good. Very good. Um, well, they did you guys see that they're introducing? At least it's rumored, but it looks like it's pretty much happening. Um, <laughs> apparently, they're introducing a competitor to Best Buy's uh, Gamer Club. Um, I don't know if you guys have any of the Best Buy Gamer Club stuff where you get 20% off new games. No, but my friend swears by it. Yeah, so what happens is if a new game comes out and you have the Gamer Club, you walk in and instead of it being 60 it's $48, like on the spot. That's it. Oh, that's awesome. I knew yeah. they were testing out the game rental thing, but I didn't know they were doing something like this. Well, yeah. this, is a, this is Best Buy that does that. GameStop yeah. introduced it where it's not going to have that and it's going to cost twice as much. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Apparently, it's twenty percent off of twenty um, percent off of used games with GameStop, not new games. And Best Buy uh, Gamers Club is fifteen dollars a year, whereas GameStop's is thirty a year. And uh, people are just ripping into them because it's hilarious that it's 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 just not a very good program because they can't they can't offer twenty percent off new games. Does, does it have any other benefits uh, aside has from that, or is it just new? Um, I, I I had it. And I saw it, uh, and it was like um, hardware. I think is the same, but you get like a coupon when you first sign up. Um, it's, it's, I, so I, dumb. it's so weird. I mean, it's I I don't know. It's it's one of those business decisions that is just so weird. Of like, how can we get more money from the people who forget that they have a subscription? I know a bonus subscription. Let's see, here we go. Oh, they did. Um, one of the things is you do get free two day shipping from their website. So it was kind of like an Amazon Prime thing. But if you guys don't know, if you have Amazon Prime, they also do the same thing that Best Buy does, which is 20% off new games. Yeah. Um, well, that, 30, Best, Buy, uh, that Best Buy thing is, is super good. People, I have a friend who uh, stacks deals all the time. I have a friend who's like the most obsessive bargain hunter on the planet. And he will just be like, all right, if I buy these five games for this cheap, I could trade in four of them with this coupon. <laughs> and so he always tells me about it. Get Gamers Clubbing up, 15 bucks a year. You'll make it up in one month. So. Oh, man. So he's like running back and forth between stores to like yeah, trade he, it in. <laughs> he, he is that guy, yeah. Oh, man. It's uh, Elite Pro Benefits. 30 points for every dollar spent. Um, I think that's for their website where you get like points, gamer points. 20% yeah. uh, off pre-owned software and accessories. 20% extra trade-in credit on software accessories. Uh, it includes tech, I guess, like iPads and stuff. If you trade those in, uh, buy two get one free pre-owned games welcome offer. So that's like a one-time thing. Uh, another a collectibles welcome offer, which is a one-time thing. Fifty dollars exclusive monthly offers, which I assume means like, hey, get ten dollars off a used game or something like that. Yeah. Free two-day shipping, and that's all I can see. <laughs> that looks to me trash. And I say that as a guy who goes, I, I actually have, I think, seven thousand uh, GameStop points just because I go there all the time and just like buy a crappy shirt here and there and i buy a lot of playstation cards there when i want to buy stuff digitally and I, uh, so even as somebody who shops there a lot that is trash sure yeah that is uh, it's not very good now it's not um uh i don't GameStop's in trouble man they are they, they there's not much they can do they even went on an interview i think it was with glixel uh, I covered this earlier in the in the in the um, week. Well, they went on an interview with Glixel, and they said that the reason they do the bundles, um, you know how they do those bundles where they force them. We saw it with ThinkGeek, right, with the Super yeah, Nintendo bundles. I, I read that yeah. article <laughs> where they said it was convenient for us. 
Well, I and well, because remember their first statement was we had to. There was so much demand for bundles, <laughs> we had to just dig as deep into our garbage pile as we could and find the freshest trash and duct tape it to the thing you wanted and charge you double the price. Yeah, but, uh, that uh, it's it was like, so you bad. Know, you know exactly what you did. Don't act like it's some benefit. Yeah, they were acting like they were doing us a favor, and I saw that and I was like, "Oh man, just tell them, just tell them that you're, you're you just need to make money because you're a company." Like, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I'm even I I really appreciate that, especially when it's somebody like Elon Musk kind of coming out and be like, "Hi, yeah, we're gonna be charging more for this type of device here, so I can build rockets, so you can go to vacation on Mars in 2099." It's like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll pay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the the bundles there there are two sides of them. GameStop and other stores do have the really great bundles to where it is. Here's the Nintendo Switch, Breath of the Wild, maybe a second game, and then you get the season pass or the strategy guide that comes with it. Which in a way makes sense. Like, hey, if you're gonna buy the Switch, you need one or two. I, I'm more okay with those ones. It. You're right. I'm fine but, with those ones. But yeah. when it is like, here's a fifty dollar watch that we're going to include that you would have never wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like. Those are oh, the ones uh, that annoy me. Yeah, the, like I've I've seen them with the Zelda or Nintendo Monopoly games, and it's like I'm buying yeah. a Switch to play the Switch. I'm not buying a Switch so I can sit and put it to the side and play Monopoly. <laughs> like, well, really set people off was the, were the Super Nintendo classics, and then of course when they when they magically found uh, uh, boxes of NES classics that fell off the back of a truck, I guess. <laughs> um, that's what sent people off because a lot of people didn't realize that ThinkGeek is owned by GameStop. They didn't realize that, so I think GameStop was trying to pull that by, like, uh, uh, you know, just oh wow, ThinkGeek. They're not called GameStop guys. Go buy from them. <laughs> I I uh, still a hundred percent believe that what happened is I bet uh, GameStop negotiated some sort of deal where Nintendo would send all of their remaining stock to them, and they were like, well, we literally have the only remaining ones that could go in stores in the world. Let's just bundle it because nobody else can stop us. We have zero competition, so I don't. I don't think they were hidden. I think they literally just negotiated a deal and were like, all right, how can we make this as advantageous as possible? They did this weird thing too where they were giving away um, they were giving away NES classics, which was odd. Like for a full month, they were giving away 100, but you had to like go into the store or something to enter. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense because then you generate foot traffic, but yeah. Did you see this is totally, totally random, but Kotaku is like as a joke doing a play-by-play -play analysis of they have a single uh, at PAX right now. There's a giant Nintendo booth and in the very center of it, there's a single uh, SNES classic inside like a bulletproof case and surrounded by guards <laughs> that you can like take pictures of your members of press. And they for some reason are like doing a play-by-play -play, like no one's tried to smash the case yet. And the sort of they're like, it's 9 a.m. We've came back. The card inside the case is moved. So clearly an attendant managed to open it. I see that. Yeah, that's funny. That's, oh my gosh. That's insane. Man, I really need to go to these conventions at some point. Yeah. Like, I, I have not been to any convention. I need oh, to wow. go to one of them. I mean, I have fun going to, I, it's, it's fun. You get to play games. You get to, it's also fun to talk to. I just love talking to developers. It's really cool yes. getting to like walk up to the guy who made a game and a lot of times, especially indie people, it'll be a guy who like, the guy who made a game and he has a laptop hooked up to a projector with a controller and you just get to walk up there and play it. Did are you um are you gonna try to make the E three next year? Um, uh, I I might if I know one hundred percent I'm gonna get some backstage access. I just I don't want to wait in line for five days and right. play three games. 
Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. I'm going to go next year, and hopefully I'm to the point where I can get backstage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, since, since you're pretty Nintendo-focused, you'll probably at least be able to get into Nintendo booth. I mean, Nintendo always invites me back, uh, but I just have never done it. Well, they invited Philip to the uh, the thing, but he didn't get any backstage access. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I mean, he, he was getting special privilege enough that he was able to actually... He had more hands-on time with the average person, he was saying. So, I mean, he had not full perks, but enough perks to make a video. Just need that microphone. Yep. <laughs> That's all I need. Now, I need to... Like, I, PAX East is coming up. Um, Evan, you did PAX East at one year, didn't you? Yeah. How was how was it, anyway? Cause I, it was, I need to, we I really need to, need to do it, dude. Like, we have to go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's March, I think. You guys had a lot of fun there, so. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, just some of the stuff we were hearing about. We did get to spend a lot of time with the developers and do some of the after parties, but I think there was uh, there was an event that went on on a boat, like they actually had a game running <laughs> boat, that everyone yeah. got to go out and play. It was, it was pretty awesome. Did y'all see the Twitch party that happened last night? What? At Pax uh, West? PAX invited like all the biggest influencers up to this like special thing. People like, what's going to go go on? And they basically were invited to this room, and they just turned this giant. The whole wall of the room was a giant aquarium, and a scuba diver was swimming around like while everyone's having this like crazy party. And there's a guy like raving inside a tank with a giant bunch of switch uh, Twitch swag underwater nice. yeah there's tons of pictures of people just being like and there's like a bunch of like of course there's a bunch of pictures of people like jokingly putting their hand up against the glass and the scuba diver guys with all the twitch swag being like i love you from this side of the window <laughs> that and sounds ridiculous like, it was, that, that sounds like it was definitely like probably, probably like, like a, me. sorry I was just going to say, it was probably like a million dollar thing, total counting, like wow. all the free drinks, all the catering, all the stuff, plus Mr. Scuba Diver Twitch. It's like a million dollar party for such a tiny publicity stunt. Yeah, it, it, it makes me think that some of the people that was in charge of Twitch were just sitting around like, hey, we have all this extra profit. Mm-hmm. What can we do with it aside from investing it back into the business? <laughs> yeah, well, stuff like that is, I mean, marketing is a, is a big part of the business and that's, I was trying to be a marketing for a company I used to work for, uh, work for uh, Half Price Books. And I was trying to get up into the marketing division because they just had no idea of like, we have all this video game stuff in our stores, but we never ever talk about it. And I kept trying to get on their marketing team or pitch something and be like, advertise, just like do stuff like this. That's great advertising. Or, you know, the the Cards Against Humanity guys, they did all sorts of publicity stunts where it's like uh, the box of bullshit and you had to pay $100 and they literally mailed you bullshit. Wait, they're the ones who they're the ones who had people donate to them to just dig a hole, right? Yep, the giant dig a hole fund, yeah. <laughs> and they, they uh, promised to sell you nothing and it was like a uh, $5 pass and literally nothing happened. And then they just like ended up with like $50 million from people buying nothing as a joke. Who were yeah. buying, buying nothing for each other. It's ridiculous. It's the craziest thing. I remember that though. They brought the whole like the big bulldozer and everything, and they just dug a hole. <laughs> yeah, like, they live streamed it. And people okay. just kept paying, and they just kept. Digging. And I remember that at one point, somebody managed to get up there and talk to the guy driving that tractor for like twelve hours straight. And talked to him like, "What do you think of this?" Like, I don't know. They're paying me. They're honestly <laughs> paying me two hundred dollars an hour, so I don't really. Care. I'm not asking questions. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, that's great. Oh man. Uh, oh, you know, Max, I meant to ask you something. I know you do a lot of reviews. Did you review Dead Rising Four? No, I didn't. I ended up missing. I talked to Capcom, and they kept saying they were going to send me a copy, and they ended up not doing it. So I just reviewed other stuff. Uh, okay. Apparently, it's coming to the PS4. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, I'm excited I'm for PS4. it. I'm excited for it, but I'm also not. Uh, my friends who are really, I'm pretty into Dead Rising. I literally own all the games, even the weird spinoffs like Chop Till You Drop. But yeah. 
a lot of people say that it is a really bad ending to the series, so I'll probably play it. But man, I, I'm I'm hoping it. I'm glad it's coming to the PS4 just because I hope those devs finally get paid decently. Yeah, the the hope is that the PS4 it did not sell well at all on the on the Xbox, yeah. but I think it sold half a million copies. Yeah, like that's it. And then the PC, even the PC couldn't help it to a million copies. That's not good. Yeah. That's that's pretty bad. I was a little shocked when I saw it because that was supposed to be like Microsoft's big, um, really their their big seller for that holiday, and, and it, yep. it didn't work. Well, like, they advertised it so much, and it just I remember that. Did yeah, move. they did like the whole holiday theme where he was like lighting like a Christmas tree full of walkers on fire and all that stuff. Yep, um, and, and taking the, there was like the the original trailer where he wraps the zombie in Christmas lights and takes a selfie with them and lights yeah. them up, so. Like it's it's crazy it didn't do well because I thought man f- for the first like the first one on the 360 sold well and the second one sold well too mm-hmm. and it's like man the, the series has just like dropped so much yeah well <sighs> three I think three going exclusive I hate to say anything bad about Xbox undoingly but man as soon as you say Xbox exclusive in your title you're guaranteed you're going to be cutting your sales in half if not 25 percent yeah it's um. Uh, I, I, that's that's tough. That's tough to see that happen to a franchise. I like I like the first one a lot. The first one was a lot of fun. It was such a yeah. cool idea when it came out. Just just the just the part in the game where you get in the car and you just start going down like the the parking garage full of walkers. I, I got every <laughs> achievement. I got all thousand gamer score, which included so you had to save everybody, beat every psychopath. You basically had to do like ten different runs, and then the final yeah. thing you have to do is kill fifty four thousand zombies to get the Mega Man <laughs> outfit. Uh, that's great. That's good stuff. That game was so much fun. I, I it's just sad to see where that franchise is gone yeah man oh well what what can you do what can you do oh did you guys see the <laughs> did you guys see the sonic forces stuff uh some of it yeah yeah i wasn't yeah. able to see it okay did you see the um did you see the costumes and the price and everything they released yeah. the persona 5 costume yes persona 5 is going to be on a nintendo and i guess a microsoft system at that point <laughs> yeah there was a viral tweet that I really, really loved. And it was this one where it was like a zoom in of the creepy, like Sonic wearing a persona outfit. And it said, look into my hedgehog eyes, not at my giant, creepy human hands. And it was just a zoom <laughs> in of the creepy giant, like, like, hello, my love. It's like, oh no. Did you, um, you guys saw the pricing on it? Wasn't it? Is it 40? It's 40 bucks. Yeah. A little surprised at that. I thought they were trying to push this like it was going to be like when they when they showed that price, I was like, oh, man, I, I got a little worried, to be honest. Um, I don't know if they they were looking at Mania and this combining together as like their $6 game overall, but it, it is. So uh, early this year, Sega straight up said that uh, Forces and Mania are in competition. And basically, whichever one sells better is going to be the new future of the franchise. And so I think that they don't mind making uh, Mania super, super cheap because they produced it for so freaking cheap. So since Force is more expensive, like we'll make it a little bit higher, but whichever one's profit margin is higher is going to be the new future of Sonic. So it's exciting to see. I, I think 2D is going to win by a mile just because the hype around Sonic Mania. When I was at uh, 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 a convention recently, there were just so many people with Switches playing Sonic Mania. I bet I mean, it's an easy price to swallow. Twenty bucks is easy. Like you know, you go in there, you're like, "That's full Sonic game." Yeah, twenty bucks sounds good. Sure, it's yeah. a lot easier to just to just like uh, get that impulse buy over a six dollar, even a forty dollar item is harder to do an impulse buy on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's forty. Did you see that? It's it's not going to release as a physical copy on the Xbox One in Japan. Did you see that? No, it's so specific. apparently it's going to be digital only in, in Japan on the Xbox. Well, yeah. I mean, why why bother even printing twenty five cases? 
I think, yeah, I think that was their thought too. Was like, we're not gonna. It's not gonna work. We shouldn't even do it because there's eighty one thousand. I think Xbox Ones in Japan right now. So they're like, if we sell it, what's that? Ten percent. We would get eighty five hundred or eighty one hundred. Yeah. So they're like, there's well, no point. It kind of reminds me. There were a couple games that uh, the pre order numbers were so low. This was, was back in like the late PS two days, and I remember hearing a story about that. Pre-orders throughout Europe were so intermittent for certain games, they would just print everything in whatever language had the most pre-orders. And so there's some games, like this weird Knight Rider game that was produced in Europe for some reason, and it's just all written in German. It's like, whatever. Like, it, it only got pre-ordered in <laughs> Germany, so just just play it in German. What do you want? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm still looking at this game. I, I, don't, I don't know what to think about it. It's... um. It's interesting. I, 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 you can create your own hedgehog. I'm sure most people will buy it who are Sonic fans. I know. I, I'll buy it anyway just to play it. But uh, it's it's 40 bucks. It's a little easier. And it comes with some cool stuff. I don't know. It's it's tough. I think Mania will win out. I think you're right. Yeah, I do. I, I think Mania will win out. I can't get excited for it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a big Sonic lover. I even love all the 3D Sonics. And it's just something about Forces just has nothing that grabs me. I can't even explain why. It just looks like a block. It looks like a underfunded fan game that somebody bought and is now shoving onto the switch. It's kind of like, <laughs> Jeez. Oh, okay. Oh man. That's great. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so uh, Jesse, what do you think? You think Mania or uh, forces will take it? I think, there are people who are always going to be interested in the retro aspect, but I think for the genre of Sonic or whatever, for the franchise to really evolve and move forward, they need to somehow make a 3D Sonic game work where it hasn't recently. And the reason everyone is so hyped up about Sonic Mania is because it takes them back to the past of all the nostalgia playing it. But I think there's only so much that you could actually do with a 2D Sonic game before it turns into something that doesn't even look like Sonic. So to progress it any further, they need to go back to all of the previous 3D Sonic games and be like, okay, what can we do that people like from these games and bring it to whatever our new game is going to be and take out what people didn't like about those games and somehow try to make it work. So if the series wants to progress, I think it has to do it in a way that makes people fall in love with 3D Sonic. But the 2D, I think, even if it doesn't sell nearly as well as Forces does, I think it's still going to be there because it is so cheap. So if Forces is the one that takes off and does so well, why not just spend a little bit of money to have a quick uh, Mania follow-up yeah. since the engine, the assets, the art style, everything's already there. So they just have to use what they already have to create new levels. It's going to depend well, on, I guess it's going to depend on what fans are doing at the time as well. That's the other thing. <laughs> like, uh, cause they, they got a lot of fans to do that. Uh, Mania, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, picks pit. What's his name? Uh, Christian Whitehead. He made a bunch of Sonic fan games. And they hired him and he made Sonic Mania pretty much by himself. Thanks. Uh, Chad, uh, Sarant dropped $2 in the super chat. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. We appreciate it. Um, Ch Jesse, you bring up an awesome point of an article that was written this week that's super interesting. It was uh, one of the heads of Gearbox talked about the fact that he feels like uh, by making 
uh, Borderlands have that really specific cell shaded art style. He felt like they accidentally put an expiration date on it. He said the seal, the series has a ceiling now. And you bring up a perfect point about the fact of like retro pixel art is back in right now. But if you keep cranking out 2D Sonic after 2D Sonic, you're just going to make that brand expire really fast. Whereas 3D is a lot more open and you can explore a lot more different types of gameplay with it. Yes, absolutely. There, there's more possibilities with mm -hmm. the, the 3D aspect, whereas with 2D, you, you probably run out of ideas and stuff to do. Because um, you can even see in Mania, they pulled a lot from the original Sonics. Yeah, um, which, appara which apparently was required. I was reading that apparently Christian Whitehead had to make like, it had to be like 60% remake, and then the total original levels are actually the best ones, like the weird new uh, television zone and stuff. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. that's so interesting to me, and it, it makes sense because apparently each level had to be graded by the original Sonic creators before it would be allowed to like move on to the next one. And so that was like the weird deal he had to do. But I mean, he he nailed it. Obviously, hopefully, the next wow. game he can do one hundred percent original. Um. So there was. Uh, did you guys see anything about Shadow of War that's going on right now? Yes, all that is such a mess. Oh man, I've seen that it's supposed to be their biggest. Uh, financial promotion or whatever for a well, video game. They yeah. can't seem to get the PR right for this game. Yeah. <laughs> so many people are mad at them again now. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's weird um, because there was a, uh, you, you, um, I had his name up here actually. Um, uh, Max, did you, did you have the the guy's name? I don't, uh, the, I, it's Mike 4G. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mike 4G. Yeah. And and, yeah. he's, and he's being named after their band, the Orc Slayer. So he's Fort Forgy, the art of the, Orc Slayer. Yes, yes. So what the... <laughs> you guys didn't hear about this at all, uh, Jesse or Evan? No. Nah. It's it's a really sad story, honestly. Yeah, he um <laughs> he was he was fighting cancer for a little over two years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then he passed away fairly recently. It was like... Uh, when, when did he pass away? Well, within the last couple of months. And he's, he's yeah, one, recently. one of the main people involved with this game. Yes, so... They did that, and they were like, hey, I know, I guess they were like, hey, I know what we'll do. We'll add him into the game as a DLC character, essentially. And he basically shows up and just starts laying out any enemies you're, you're fighting. He just, like, wrecks them in one hit, which is great. And they were like, hey, it's five bucks, and, like, I guess profit will go towards the family is the idea. Um, so in their mind, they're like, we could probably sell half a million DLCs or whatever, right? And then that ends up being... What's that end up being? Over one and a half million dollars if it all goes according to plan. Well, apparently they're going to donate instead of the full five dollars, they're going to take three dollars and fifty cents, donate that, and they left out what was it like six states or something? And then yep. if you're outside the United States, that doesn't go towards them; it just goes to WB. Yeah, but oh, it's wow. still for sale. That's the biggest annoyance of all, and that's what's it's something about this really pains me. It's just the idea of like it's only for. 46 or uh, 44 of the states and uh, if anybody within those territories buys it they give you this portion of it the rest they're definitely going to write off on their taxes for charity and then the small everybody else in the rest of the world is just giving WB money because all the articles on all the websites are like good guy uh, WB <laughs> games is saving this family. Yeah that's um that's the problem because now all of the oh uh Gimpler to happen in Thanks for the ten dollars Canadian. Uh, they said they they say they love our streams, guys. They love the streams. Uh, fi they finally caught one. That's good. That's good. We we try to we try to keep it the same time every Saturday night. So if you're around Saturday night, you know we're here. We're here. Although that Sony one kind of came out of nowhere. I will say that. So, uh, but uh, no, Max, you're you're absolutely right. The uh, the the 
it seems like the media is pushing it as it them being like amazing and great. And it seems like recently, like people like Total Biscuit, for example, uh, and um, uh, Sid Alpha caught on to it and started making videos about it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they are they're doing some weird things and it's not good. Like it looks, it's a very bad look. Now I thought about the three dollars fifty cents thing, and I think I realized why that's happening, and that's because um, the uh, the marketplace will take thirty percent. It's about that. So I was like, well, okay, if, if that's the case, then that's what you have to do because, well, you're not getting the full $5 anyway. Um, I feel like they could probably talk to Sony and Microsoft and be like, look, this is what this is for charity. Can you not take that percentage? They might not. I, I, I guarantee you a large part of that uh, is gift tax because they're giving it to somebody. Like I, as somebody who used to get uh, Christmas bonuses, gift tax is huge. It's like 40% in most states. So because wow. it, I think that that's probably a big chunk of it is that legally we have to take $1.50 and give it to the government. Like we have to. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but then the thing that really, I, I think a lot of people have accepted that part. The thing that I think people are really frustrated with is what you were saying, Max, where if you're outside the states, it just goes to WB. If you're yep. in apparently six states in the United States, it goes to WB. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand what that even, like, why? It doesn't well, make any sense. And we know that's going to turn into, as you said, millions of dollars. They're literally profiteering off a man's death. Like, this guy loved the game he made, so he deserves to be immortalized. But now that they're profiteering off the, the loss is just something about that is so, like, so far across the line. It would have been better if they just put him in as free DLC just to like just yeah. to remember him because uh, I remember Jesse. I know you can. I know you can weigh on this. There is a um, there is some kind of tribute in Breath of the Wild for Awada, isn't there? Yeah, there uh, actually three. There's the mountain area that's kind of named after him, and then there's a creature called Lord of the Mountains that's based off of him, and then there's a character who's based off of his design, and they talk about the. Uh, the mountain is named after the spirit that lives there that watches over and kind of protects everyone living in the forest. And it's supposed to be a reference to uh, Awada's spirit uh, living on and watching over Nintendo or whatever. So Right. Yeah. It, and, and that's um and that's free, right? That's just in the right, game. Right. Completely. <laughs> the one you mentioned uh, you know, this Shadow of War DLC. I, I went on a little mini roller coaster because at first I was like, Oh, that's sad. And then you're saying that they were doing this. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then you said uh that it was going to be DLC, and I was like, Oh, they're charging people for it, that sucks. And then you're like, But the money's going to the people, the family. So I was like, Okay, that's cool. And then it's, but only part of it's going to the family. Yeah. So it was just like a, a quick roller coaster for me of <laughs> varying emotions. <laughs> yeah, we're like, Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> there was a one of the head developers of World of Warcraft, uh, unfortunately had pancreatic cancer and he lost his battle. Uh, and during his treatments, his body would be very, very weakened. And since he loved his own game so much, he would sit and fish in this peaceful part of the map to make sure no one could bother him. And a lot of his guildmates would come and fish with him. And when he passed away, they actually made a gravestone for him at that lake. And it said, like, I'm always here to cast my line or something. And it's like such a touching, perfect memorial. So everybody across the world can enjoy this guy's hard work and what he loved. So when I see a company do it so right and then a company do it so monumentally wrong, it's like, we have good examples of how to do this. Why are you screwing yeah. it up on purpose? Yeah, like like we were just talking about with Awada. He was obviously pivotal in the in the Zelda development along with several other people. And uh, then this guy, Mike Forgey, is, is extremely pivotal in the uh, Shadow of War development. 
And the first thing I guess that comes to their mind is to charge for him. Yeah. <laughs> There's already uh, a donation site set up for his family and um, yeah. it is raising money, which is good. I feel like even, I feel like the family, while they appreciate the money, even like a tribute, just him being put into every single game as like you said, Jesse, maybe somebody you come across or a location named after him. Even that is fine. Yeah. So it's uh, well, it is a shame. I, I don't know everything that's going on in, internally, obviously, but it is uh, it is a shame. Yeah. Well, especially clearly the guy loved the game so much. Uh, this is something they're not talking about as much, but part of the guy's name comes from a bunch of people in the development team loved the game that they were making so much. They made their own band and made up like music that would fit the game. Like it isn't in the game at all, but they called themselves the Orc Hunters as their little like development band. And so the fact that like. I don't know, just seeing that much passion get turned into like, cool, we'll just take that name and put it on the DLC. It's like, bro. It says, uh, it says, um, he actually visited the doctor for a migraine. And yeah. in that visit, he learned he had a glioblastoma. Yeah. Which is crazy. You go to the doctor for a migraine and you learn that. This is all on the, um, the you caring site, by the way, that's set up. It's an actual like crowdfunding that, by the way, I don't know who set this up. Oh, okay, Eric Evans Carlson. I don't know if that's WB at all. Uh, they probably could have set something up like that and done a full fundraising thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually you carrying thing in the in the. I'll just put the link in the description or in the chat. They probably could have done that. Uh, they probably could have done that all themselves instead of charge for the DLC. I'll be curious if they ever say how much money actually goes to them because if they do, still raise like a million dollars. That's still pretty good, you know, like, to I give them. Like I feel like there was something similar with uh, one of the Fast and Furious movies. Whenever Paul Walker died, they had all the sales of the or a portion of the sales of the DVDs and Blu-rays go towards uh, whatever foundation or charity that he was a part of. And it seems like they could have done something similar with this. I think the other problem a lot of people have is if you watch the trailer, the 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 way that they tell you what's happening and then the fine print that's very small, by the way, is, is two different things. Like they basically say, wow, all this money, you know, three dollars fifty cents is going to go towards them because, yeah. you know, there's taxes of some kind. But then in the tiny little print, it's like everyone outside the United States, the money just goes to us. And then the, these six states, the money just goes to us. But then everything else goes to them. <laughs> Yeah, giant, giant patting themselves on the back font, huge bubble letters being like, all of this money is going yeah. to the family, except for the legally required amount. And you zoom in on this tiny little like 0.2 font. It's like, by the way, we'll also be taking this uh, extra money and putting it in a bank account. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, jeez, WB, you were so close. You, were, you almost did good. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let me see. How much more time is left in this drawing? I think the drawing is going to be up in like uh, 25 minutes. Sorry, I was trying to do math for a minute there. Uh, 25 minutes. So if you haven't already, check the description. There is a link for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe so you can enter for a chance to win that courtesy of Eukster.com. Very nice people. So check that out. I just want to tell everybody before we get close to the drawing that happens. Um, oh, people were asking. I guess we can turn the chat actually. See what anyone's talking about up leading up to the uh, to the drawing, and then we close it out. So if there's anything in the chat that looks good to you guys, I saw somebody was asking about the um, the splat fest that's going on, where they kind of give you two different sides of a uh, decision. I think right now it's flight or invisibility. Yeah. So which ones would you guys go with? I I'd go with invisibility. I'm not gonna have time to play it, but I'd choose invisibility probably. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't take flight where you can save on all that airfare. Uh, that's great, but uh, I like the idea of being able to like. This is going to sound really mean, but punch my enemies. There are a couple of people, couple of people <laughs> I've met in life that are just awful people, and I think it would be really great to, while they're just sitting there like eating soup, just smack the spoon out of their hand just once. Yeah. 
for me, it, it comes down to, okay, like, right now, it, it's not a power, but something everyone can do. You can run, sprint, jog, whatever. That takes up energy. You get tired after a while. Is the same thing going to happen if you're flying? Are you going to get tired, run out of energies where you're halfway to your destination, like 30, 40, 100 feet in the air, however high, and then you're like, oh, I'm so tired, I can't go any further. So you just drop to the ground. Is it going to be something like that? Or is it going to be like, oh, I have magic to where it doesn't take any energy for me to fly? And the same good question. Like, is it like working out? Where you yeah, can't do it we can poke so holes long. in this all day, too. Invisibility. Do you have to not wear clothes? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's an old children's book where this kid could be invisible, but only while he held his breath. And so he talks about like, like, <gasps> and like run around or hurry up and like steal a bunch of answers for a test and run away. Like, <sighs> <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I guess I would go with flight just because it'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I'd go with flight. That'd be fun. I'd save on airfare too. Somebody was Although out- I think I'd rather go with teleportation. Right, yeah. Well, then you theoretically teleport far off places. Like, oh, uh, scientists say that planet's safe. Well, let me just put on a spacesuit and teleport there for a second and teleport. <laughs> well, I treat uh, it, I guess, like the movie Jumper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, before the show started, there was a guy in chat who's begging me, begging me, begging me to ask if anybody thinks it's theoretically possible for Call of Duty World War II to make it out of the Switch. Uh, probably not by this point, because they'd rather just be... Remember, Call of Duty goes on a three-year cycle. Yeah. Um, so if anything, the next Call of Duty is the one that would show up on the Switch. They probably wouldn't, ba- they probably wouldn't bother porting it uh, afterward, after the re- initial release date. They would just look to uh, next year's. So they might even be working on it now. Yeah, um, well, it would be like the equivalent of the lowest settings on PC, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the reason I told him I, I I don't believe in it is that every developer has directly said so far, like all the head directors have just been like, no, like at this point it's way too late. The game is completely done for these consoles. Like we don't have time. We're not going to. Yeah, it's just it, you would need a. It takes a while to do Call of Duty. Like I said, it's a three-year cycle. So they, if anything, you might see next year's Call of Duty on it. But I don't even know if if they had got their switch stuff at time even for that yeah um so it's gonna be interesting to see also i guess it also depends on the developer who's next year we just had who was who was this Slut, year, Slut Slut was this year? treyarch next year or is that infinity war next year it's infinity war next year i think because treyarch did uh infinite warfare okay okay gotcha gotcha yeah so that'll be uh maybe 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 infinity war can get it done i don't know i'm, I'm actually more surprised believe it or not that they did not put uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 on there. Right. Or Just, Call, of Duty, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I still don't know if they ever will. I, I think they just they lost a lot of money putting Black Ops 2 on Wii U, and Activision is kind of the company that never forgets. That's true, but they are doing loot crates, though, in that one. It's almost like a, we'll make money somehow or at some point if people keep buying these things. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. They're... We, I don't know if I don't know when we'll see another Call of Duty game on Nintendo system. I don't know. It's um, it's interesting. Have you been playing? So you've been playing a bunch of the World War II beta. Have you noticed the amount of people who are on voice chat being like, "They ripped off Battlefield One"? I've just <laughs> I've, I've stopped even explaining to them. Like, actually, this was in developed concurrently. And it's like, no, fine, just whatever. Believe your fairy tale. I don't have time. Yeah, because these games are three years old by the time they come out. Believe it or yeah, not. <laughs> but everybody, I feel like every other game is some dude with the microphone down his throat being like, "This is rip off Battlefield." It's like, oh, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the way it is, you know. It's um, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the dozens of uh, World War II games that came out years ago are all ripoffs of it as well. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brothers in arms, man. Come on. Everybody knows. Ask any historian. Call a World War II is just a ripoff of World War One. I. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, man, I'm actually more surprised. Yeah, like I said, that Modern Warfare remake should go to the Switch. I don't like you said though, Max. Who knows how they're going to handle this? Activision is uh, is weird as it is. That game was more expensive than it should have been, and people are so mad at it. Maybe people will just not buy it just to spite them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 that'd be my take on it. I, I don't want to buy it technically, but ugh. someone asked we'll me, Dream, Dreamcast guy, do you still hate arms? I've lost interest in it. Yeah, man. I, I'm still that one guy in the world. I, I went to, there was like some, uh, gaming meetup at a local bar a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just show up. I'm a gamer. And I showed up there and it was all drunk dudes playing arms on projectors. No joke. And I was like, well, okay. This party is not for me. Goodbye. <laughs> What? They're playing. Oh wow! Yeah, I figure. I, see, I always figure people would rather do Mario Kart, maybe, or like I don't know. I feel like there are more games you can play without having to get up and move around. Well, I, I think that this is like uh, it was. It was held out of the back of a brewery, uh, and apparently it's called like the Community Brewery. And apparently it's like a giant brewery, and once a month they just open up the doors, and the community votes on the event, and everyone voted Nintendo Switch. And for some reason, they just had five Nintendo Switches, and all of them just had arms. Jeez! Wow. I, I guess they're going to keep pushing it, you know? I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's it's selling. It's selling way better than I ever would have possibly freaking imagined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is selling pretty well, believe it or not. It's um, it's probably either at or close to 2 million uh, copies now sold, I would assume. Because last I, we saw it, it was at 1.2 something. Did it? I didn't know it passed a million. I, last I read, it was still about uh, yep. 700K. But it's, actually on, uh, it's actually on Nintendo's site. You can actually go check it out. It's... Um, cool. 0.28 I think yeah it what's interesting about it is that it's one of the best selling new IP fighting mm -hmm. games in years like people don't realize that there aren't a lot of new fighting games and typically they're smaller indie ones like Skullgirls yeah it's gonna it's, it's gonna end up out selling Street Fighter 5 I'll tell you that oh yeah easily yeah the Street Fighter 5 was at 1.6 million I think it probably has already passed it to be honest um, I think it sold better than Tekken did in Japan right away so it's interesting yeah. that that's done so well. I, I mean, it shows Nintendo is able to still build a new IP in, in what is a pretty saturated market right now. It's hard to come up with a new IP nowadays as opposed to back in the 90s, for example. Well, so. you can throw it. Gex, it's like James Bond, but a gecko. 15 million copies sold. Yeah, I mean, we are kind of in the, in the world where uh, Bubsy is making his comeback, so there you go. <laughs> Bubsy's making his comeback. I don't even know. Did they announce anything for that yet? For Bubsy? No, I, the Twitter account keeps saying this really cringy meme stuff. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to have to mute it. <laughs> hey, guys, remember Dabs? Like, stop, Bubsy, please. The yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody was asked about this. Um, there was a listing on a Spanish retailer site for Fallout 4 on the Switch. Uh, which threw me off because I don't think that game's coming to the Switch. And then I looked at the um, the description and it translated to talking about the PS4 and Xbox One and having mods and all this stuff. So I think it was more of a mistake than anything else. I think it was just yeah. a mistake on that part. I I, I think Skyrim can run just because that game is so old. It basically runs on refrigerators as long as they have a screen. But I just do not think it will ever be possible to get Fallout 4, a truly next-gen game, onto a Switch. Well, the, PS, was... the PS4 has a hard time running it. Yeah. yeah, I was looking. Um, the NVIDIA Shield and the Switch have similar CPUs, right? They yes, both yeah. Run the they, both run the, they both run the same thing. 
All right. Well, I'll, there's videos on YouTube of people with the Nvidia Shield that are running Fallout 4. They may have it like lowered to like the lowest settings possible and just running a 720p at 20, 30 frames per second. But sure. it is running on those. And I think if they optimized it for the Switch, it would be very playable. Just That's from what I've seen in those YouTube videos. That's interesting. I'd be, I'd be, I would love to see it on the Switch. Absolutely. The biggest advantage it has is that Fallout 4 actually has a really, really tiny map. So as long as they can actually get like the the AI to work and the graphics engine to work, I do think that that thing could run on a Switch. I, I, for my really bad knowledge of programming, it seems possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it'd be cool to see it on there, and who knows what they could do with that? Because I think the Sky, if it is the Skyrim Special Edition, I believe that got upgraded to work on the Fallout engine. I believe. Oh wow. So it may already be running when we get it. Obviously, it comes out. We really examine it and people tear it apart like Digital Foundry will. And it turns out it is running on the newer Special Edition engine. It already is running on the Fallout engine. All right. And I'll I'll send both of you the video that I was talking about after this so you guys can check it out. Maybe uh, you can see like more of the technical stuff than I can because I've never really played any of the PC versions of it. So I don't know what it would necessarily look like to know if it was running on low or medium settings, but maybe you guys have more experience than I do. Yeah, I mean, I'll check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Is it just on YouTube? I was uh, talking to somebody last night about Fallout 4 on the Switch, and then it, I remembered that the NVIDIA uh, tablet thing was supposed to have similar processing power, so I looked up the YouTube video, and the guy was playing it fine. Uh, it was recorded off-screen, and it seemed like it was working just fine. I, I couldn't really tell what the oh, frame um, rate it's, or it's actually, was. I believe, it's actually um, the Switch is stronger than the Shield uh, handheld. It's the Shield TV that it's it's weaker than because Shield TV is tethered to the wall. It has better fans and everything, and it, and it can run at full speed. Whereas the the tablet runs at less speed than the well, it runs at a lower frequency than what the Switch does. All right, that's good news then. But, and it yeah. runs Android, so well the 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 Shield does that runs Android, whereas the Switch runs a much more efficient OS that works better. So if it runs on the tablet, then yeah, technically it could run on the Switch, no problem. So yeah, I mean maybe if they if they want to spend the time doing it, I mean yeah, I guess it could. Yeah, I, I, personally, I don't think we would see it unless it was like Skyrim three or four years from now, where it just has a second release on everything. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe they would do Fallout 4 like that, but I, I don't see it coming anytime soon for the Switch, especially with all of the bigger games that Nintendo has coming out with Mario and the rest of them, Metroid coming next year. So, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, apparently everyone keeps saying there's these announcements still coming, like not even from Dave, just other people are saying, like their LA Noir apparently is still happening. That's happening on all systems. Yeah, uh, but apparently there's some other third-party games that we're missing, like that we're not even thinking about that are going to show up. So it's uh, must be in a direct, must be a Nintendo direct in I don't know two or three months or something. I mean, it has to be soon, right? October, November. Yeah, it's definitely coming down to the final wire. I mean, you can't exactly have a direct in November and be like, "Hey guys, this stuff uh, is supposed to get you excited for January, so don't buy anything now." Yeah, it's um. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird. You figure it's soon. Unless the Direct is just for next year kind of thing, you know? So, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, let me see. How much more time do I have left on this on this guy? You guys can talk amongst yourself for a second. I'm going to see if I can figure out when this ends. I think it ends people, soon. A lot of people are definitely debating the heck in chat about the exact power of a uh, Switch. And it uh, looks like a bunch of Star Trek talk to me. 
<laughs> uh, the pro- the problem is no one really knows at this point because we don't even know what it, it's capable of. I mean, when NBA comes out, it's gonna be really interesting because they said they pushed the memory limits of the Switch to it, like literally to its its breaking point. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting when NBA comes out. And again, we do all that thing where we look at it, you know, with a magnifying glass and everything. And it's not like you can't easily quantify it with just like a number. Like this, it's this percentage powerful because there's yeah. always gonna be something that runs smoother on it and something that doesn't. You're gonna be able yeah. to. You'll probably find the a 2D game that gets like 12 frames. Well, we saw, on it. We saw um, Lego like, City Undercover. This is very weird. On the Switch, runs at a higher resolution than the Xbox One. Yeah, it's just gonna be efficiency because it sounds like they really put a ton of effort into the hardware working more effectively with specific things. Which it is kind of interesting to see that the Unreal Engine is basically winning all the engines. Like it's just kind of taking off beyond everyone. So I think at this point, what the Crytek engine's done. Like, yeah, Crytek company is like, gone. <laughs> I, I think their main competition now, as weird as it is, is Unity. Unity is still just the champion of the smallest indie devs. But at this point, I think with a lot of these companies starting to show us that you can put simpler games on Unreal and that it runs smoothly and it's easy, you don't have as many issues with bugs and having to iron stuff out as much. That maybe at some point they'll come forward with like a business opportunity that feels a little more like how Unity lets you build a game and then not pay till you're done. Yeah. And then we'll start seeing Unity. Did you guys see the, uh, the Tomb Raider game I was playing earlier? Yeah, I checked I, it out. I, I saw the video. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. I was watching a documentary. There, oh, are, dude, countless, there are countless number of games that uh, like random small groups of people are putting out that look exactly like that. I think that's an extremely built-in thing for the Unreal Engine, that mm-hmm. way of uh, motion animation, the ragdolling, and all that stuff that I was watching go on with your game. I've seen at least 30 other games look almost mirror-like to it. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Max, someone took uh, Tomb Raider 2, and they're remaking the entire game in Unreal Engine 4. They're, they're doing that right now with Resident Evil 2, yeah, and it's it crazy. Like, there's, I, I don't think there's any enemy AI yet, but you can walk around. But uh, Tomb Raider it has a full demo you can just download. Yeah, I saw the link. I just haven't had a chance to mess with it. It's pretty cool. It's worth trying out at least looking around because it looks insane. Like, it looks really good. <laughs> And I'll turn it on my PC and it'll just be like, this is it. We're maximum threshold. <laughs> the <laughs> graphics. Crazy. And it's being built by like five or six people. So it's um, it makes you wonder. I'll say that. Hopefully Square doesn't drop down the, the ban hammer on them. We'll see. Square is so intermittent. So it's You kind of have to. A lot of people don't understand. Like when it comes to, to copyright, like you have to be overly strict. Yeah, because if you let people start doing it, like apparently you actually have no say in like yep. future games to be like, no, stop. And then the precedent of that one company doing it just allows yeah. them to do it. As soon as one core case, which is why that whole H3H3 H3 thing is so amazing for all of us of like proving like, okay, if you're chopping up video and talking over it, like that is 100% original content and you cannot sue them for it. Yeah, yeah, that, that was actually very important. People don't realize how important that was. Uh, let me see. We're just about done here with our drawing. Uh, it's got a uh, hundred seconds left on the Mario Kart drawing. It's counting down as we speak. Looking at it. <laughs> so did y'all read the the actual? I'm sure y'all did the actual specifics of that uh, Nintendo case. Oh yeah, lost. we can jump back to that. That's the one that they lost. It's yeah. so. How long before they the, appeal it? I'm sure that they have to. So I was 100% like on the side of the people originally because I was like, yeah, Nintendo, I'm sure they rip off stuff. And then I read the specifics and it's ridiculous. It is the dumbest case I've ever seen. The what fact that happen? they won. 
is ridiculous. What? What happened? You've read through like some of the fine print. I saw that yeah. they, I saw that iLife had, um, they had patents on uh, motion tracking for SIDS and I believe like older people like yes. falling over. Uh huh. And that's a hundred percent what it is, is that they own the exclusive patent for an accelerometer that det detects downward force. So basically, even if you technically had a smartwatch and it detects if you fall over dead, they could try and sue you for it. And so, since a Wiimote is made to detect when you're playing freaking bowling, they sued them for that and somehow won $10 million, which is the dumbest freaking patent I've ever freaking heard. So, I guarantee they're going to fight it and they're going to win. Yeah, that's. I, I would hope that they would, that that sounds really dumb. I mean, they were looking for 144 million, and it got kicked all the way down to 10 million. So that really tells you that the the judge, I guess, looked at it and was like, "I don't know about this." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they took what 93 percent of it away from them, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's so. just so ridiculous. Yeah, I would see. I would. I would expect them to appeal it. Like they, their final, well, one of their closing statements, I guess, on the way out the courthouse. How they always do, like statements from both parties. Sounded like they're going to look to appeal. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I completely see that happening. It's gonna. It's gonna be a shame if they win again because then Nintendo probably won't look to appeal it further. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's it, it. Patent trolls are the worst. I will say that. Yeah, um, I used to know somebody who uh, worked for a patent troll company. Uh, she was a person who helped invent a certain type of connection of intermittent wires that technically could loosely be identified as a router. And so apparently just all day long, they just sue router companies and she would show up in court, explain her invention, which didn't really apply at all. And then they would just like give them basically $50,000. And that was just her job. It's literally to just all day long show up in court, talk about this amalgamation of wires, get $50,000, go to court. That's, wow, geez. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that easy, huh? Yeah, well, because, and she said that it didn't apply. She straight up said, like, my invention was applying to, like, this type of network. It did not involve routers, but it applies to routers loosely. And so we keep taking people to court, and, like, Comcast, who's building their own routers, just, like, pays the 50000 to be done with it. And they just do that all day long. Wow, jeez. That's insane. Okay, so, uh, guys, we have a winner from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, that is, I hope I say his last name right, uh, Matthew uh, Kaki, Kakaios. Put it in chat. Oh, good idea. Yes. Yeah. I will, I will do that. Matthew. Okay. Uh, there we so, go. <laughs> yeah, try to read that last name for me. as Matthew Kakakakaios. It's clearly Kakarot. Yeah, Matthew Kakarot, you have won. Kakakak. I, I wish I could say that right. I feel bad because I have a hard time saying his name. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm actually pretty good at Kakalus? Kakaklos? Yeah. Kakadius. Kakadius. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have their email here, so I will have to email them. Um, I, I feel like I have the easiest last name in the world, and everybody still screws it up. My last name is Shockley. The amount of people who call me Chocolate or Chocla, it's like, bruh, you're putting letters in this. Jesus. <laughs> I, uh, yes, they won. And then we had, of course, a winner from the uh, uh, Friday. Uh, yeah, last night. Yeah. So uh, both of them are gone. But thanks to Youngster.com for hooking us up with uh, something to give away. That's all I usually ever ask from sponsors. If you want to sponsor something, just give us stuff to give away because, you know, include the viewers in it. Reward the viewers for coming by. So... Um, but I guess we'll wrap it up for tonight, guys. We had a, a giveaway. We had a bunch of stuff to talk about. It was a lot of fun. So let me go around the horn here. Uh, Jesse, where can they find you, man? thing for me is 
slash Game Over Jesse. So Twitter, YouTube, whatever, everything is just slash Game Over Jesse. You can see me talk about a bunch of Nintendo, you Zelda. Got anything good coming up? Uh, yes, I've been working on uh, uh, this top five video that I did about canceled Mario games. Did really well. It got over half a million views. So as a follow up, I decided to do the top five craziest uh, Mario games that just have really bizarre plots like. Mario is missing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I played that cool. a lot as a kid, actually. What's yeah, that? it's a it's it's a good game. It's just like if if you read the official plot from Nintendo, it's just really really bizarre. Oh, yeah, even as a kid, I mean, I, I my parents maybe played it as an educational game since it had so much trivia and stuff in it. <laughs> oh man, um, uh, Evan, where can they find you, man? I like it in chats, Twitter and Instagram. It's all under Kemmerich's project. I put that everywhere. Uh, my YouTube channel is I've kind of slowed down on the videos because I'm, I'm just going to start aiming for like better videos. I used to just do recaps of all like my illustration and artwork and stuff. Uh, but I kind of want to focus more on just better thought out videos because I wanted to focus on that so we could bring them over to SpawnWave with how we want to do like the more intricate videos for our own stuff and we'll be doing that a little more hopefully. Okay, okay, good, good. That'll be good to see. And then uh, Max, where can they find you, man? YouTube.com slash DreamcastGuy. I'm actually working on a really big Destiny 2 review, so stay tuned. I'm getting my copy a little bit before anybody else in the world, basically, so expect my review up. I'm going to do like a big first impressions video, like uh, late day one. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Cool. Yeah, Destiny 2. That's going to be the big thing of the week is Destiny 2. So I think a lot of people are excited for that. Um, no, uh, CND is not live, guys. <laughs> That's like the question. Like, is CND live? That, Let's go. That raid, I jumped over there when y'all raided him last week. And it was funny because he was like, he was like telling like a story. He's like, it's been such a rough day. My friend betrayed me. What's going on in chat? Spons, 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 spons. He was like, what the hell? <laughs> That was that was so funny. Oh man, that was hilarious, guys. Hey, uh, if you want to raid anybody, how about you raid a friend? How about you? Uh, how about you guys go and uh, run into uh, OJ's um, stream and just see if uh, just see if he notices that it says spawn all over the place over there, just for fun. Just for fun, you can hit him for a little bit, and uh, he has twenty three people in there now. See if you guys can get over a hundred, just for fun. So. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for stopping by again Saturday nights. We appreciate you guys spending some time with us, and um, we'll see you guys, I guess, next Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern as usual.